You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. funny stuff already happened yeah let's go home like we've been we've been talking for well most of the funniest stuff i would say happened while we were waiting on you to get here <laughs> man you missed so many jokes and we didn't record any of them all right tell them all over again well we're high now so we don't remember any of the jokes that we said earlier not that high. and i mean they're not oh you did make a you were bald shaming all three of us mm. you were bald shaming no, me I, I Gordo, asked, and Corey. i asked for a comb time. or a brush How and i saw a few you. you guys just raise your eyebrow and you're like no, talking? you didn't see any. Re- you didn't wait for a response. You said, "Didn't you guys have a comb or a brush?" Well, never mind. Well, I need a comb. That was bald shaming. Well, do you have a fucking comb? <laughs> I do for my beard. Then, then fucking let me use it. That's I, all. Dude, I use the same kind of comb for my beard as you do for your long, luscious locks. Man. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the motherfucking podcast, episode number fifty-three. Yeah, got over the hump. You know what we should got over the hump. We should start saying the date too. That's what news organizations do, isn't it? <laughs> number <laughs> episode number fifty-three, April something. April twenty-second. April twenty-second. N- 2019. You got it wrong every step of the way. Ah, Two one something. <laughs> I mean, how often do you have to retain the memory of what the date is? Like nowadays, you can you can check your phone. It's like you don't have to remember anybody's phone number anymore. You don't have to remember what That's date. It's a dangerous it is. thing. Nobody knows anybody's phone number. Yeah. Welcome to the motherfucking podcast. This is the official podcast of the Rock Combo Motherfucking Ruckus from Denver. And Chicago, respectively. respectively. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Tony Lee. And our guest today is, uh, if you've been on the Denver comedy scene for any length of time, I guarantee you've seen this dude. Uh, he has hosted several open mics, including Streets of London. Uh, he's done the Three Kings open mic a bunch of times. <laughs> uh, hosted the Mutiny open mic for a long time. Um, and now hosts the Ruckus Comedy Party. Here in Denver, and uh, if you haven't, if you never go to comedy shows or don't like seeing funny people, he's probably gotten you shit at Mutiny Information Cafe or yeah. or Ratio Brewing. Please welcome to the show. Oh, and also a fellow rock dad. Oh yes, and uh, bass player for the band Big City Drugs. Quite, quite. Please welcome to the show our good friend and uh, and really a, a funny, awesome dude, uh, Mr. Corey Healy. Welcome to the show. Mike. Oh, hi, thank you. Yeah, uh, welcome me. I'll correct you. I never, I've never been the host of the streets of the streets open mic. You never hosted I've, the streets. I've filled in. I've done like a fill in, but you know, my homie Matt Kobos hosts that. He's a treasure. See, I thought One that he t- I thought that you did that at first, and then Matt took it over. But Matt's um, been the the host of that show since the get go. Yes, I did help. I did help the deal. I did help secure the deal. Like, so if he's like Mariano Rivera, I'm. I was like the agent, maybe. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do, Gordo. We're gonna stop recording. We're gonna send Corey home. We're going to get, <laughs> get Matt, Matt to come Kobo's. in here, dude. He yeah, he would be a great. <laughs> I guest. was thinking of the other guy. Sorry, he, he would be a great guest. Uh, he would, he would I'll, be a great guest. I'll, I'll I'll let him know to do this, but he he rules hard. He hosts. The Ruckus, thank you for the name. Uh, he hosts The Ruckus <laughs> with me. He's a great comic. And There's three of you guys that host it, yes. right? It's you, Kobos, and Lund, right? No, a dude that looks like a tall Lund. 
Oh, oh Sam Talon? Is no, no, no. no. Uh, his name's Patrick Richardson. Patrick Richardson. He's a, an amazing comic, but uh, he's also in the band It's Just Bugs, if oh, you've yeah, heard of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. They are effing sick. I haven't seen them yet. They're so good. They're our house band for the show. Um, but yeah, they're all funny dudes. Any of those guys would be Where are you guys great doing guests. that show? The Marquee The Marquee. Theater. Yes. Oh, you're doing that at the Marquee? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, that's what, too what big n- for our britches. What night of the <laughs> What night of the week are you doing it? Uh, second Sundays. Very cool. Tough See, tough spot too. <laughs> but it's it's not it's not too big for your britches because I, I and I've mentioned to this to you before and I've mentioned it to a bunch of other people like stand up comedy like underground independent stand up comedy really has become the new punk rock. Like it, it, it I don't know if it has something to do with you know, if you have four bands on a night, that's like maybe 16 to 20 people that are in the show, yeah, yeah. right? But then all these comedians are kind of like representing themselves. So there's more of, I don't know, there's... It's kind of a social can, network. It's a social network and it draws in a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Like more people like comedy than like a certain genre of music, let's say. Like, there are more broad fans of comedy than there are just fans of heavy metal music or just fans of punk rock music or just fans yeah, of... Yeah, it sounds... Because yeah. so sounds many... Right. It's got to be. If you go to a comedy show... It's got to be. It's and almost it, its own genre of not of music, sort of, but not music. Right, right. right. And, and Things you can listen to in your spare time. Well, and it's... If, yeah. if you go to a metal show, you're expecting to see a lot of bands that more or less come from the same category. Mm-hmm. Now because comedy is spoken word and it's a, you know, it's a form of philosophy in a lot of ways, you get a lot of people with these different viewpoints because that's what makes comedy kind of cool. Oh, so yeah. you also have this this huge bubbling cauldron of ideological bent and political bent and philosophical bent and lines of decency dicks, and dicks dicks and farts yeah dicks and farts well, dicks and farts everyone you know yeah. uh, predilection for dicks and farts um, preference for scent of farts and, I'm a noise and guy he, he's, he's churching it up and boner good. bents you know, the certain bends of certain kinds of boners, the way that they... Uh, Mine is a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> <laughs> My dick's so nice at Mercedes Benz, y'all. <laughs> but, you know, I, like when I listen to the comedy station here in town, what I like about the comedy station is they're like, send us in your demos, you know, send us in recordings of your comedy, and, and if we like it, we'll play it on the air. And you'll hear... <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy right next to Wyatt Cenac, David Cross, David Spade. Oswald, David Spade, fucking <laughs> Dane <Anderson>. Cook, uh, <laughs> Louis Anderson. You know, you'll hear all these. Uh, you'll hear uh, Bill Engvall. You know, you'll hear not all a lot these. of Dice Man on 103. You hear the Dice Man one. Not dice. a lot of Dice Man. The only person you don't hear at, at anymore on the comedy channel is Louis, Louis C.K. or Billy Co- Bill Cosby. Billy Cosby. Billy Cosby. Yeah, let's just call him Billy Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. William. Yeah. William. William Cosby. William H. Cosby. I think that's how the judge called him. Yeah, you've got to you've got to call him by three <laughs> names because of the monster that he is. All like monsters in history. You have to. Call you mean like martyr? My I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that's Louis. Louis's the martyr. Louis's the martyr. They got him first. Yeah. Just because he was Baroness Cross. <laughs> Louis, I, I, I didn't know they took him off the station. That surprises me. But they took him off Spotify, too. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They, they, they deplatformed him, man. 
Oh. Like Louis C.K. is like the Alex Jones they of penis jokes. But they, no. de- they deplatformed him, but isn't he like one of the the guys carrying the flag for trying to sell their own tickets and not go through Ticketmaster? Well, and all he that? was. He well, was yeah, before you know, he, he got in trouble. Yeah, once I, I you do that, bad, that was, your good doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. Well, th- but that's the thing. When they get you first, when you're one of the first ones I- that gets taken down in, in one of these flare-ups of, you know, pushback from uh like like when the pendulum swings a certain way and there's there's a big explosion of like like all the racists are getting taken down or all the um victimizers to any degree are getting taken down when you're the first one in that group you become a symbol of that group and so there's massive amounts of pressure to take you off the platform well you know what i mean i think bill cosby did louis ck a big favor then well, I think they got Louie bef- I think they <laughs> right? got I think funny. they got Louie before <laughs> Bill Cosby got convicted, didn't they? Uh, well, I Man, for a second I just thought that Bill Cosby was dead. I was like, <laughs> but that just means he went to no, prison. No, he's just getting nearly beaten to death in prison on um, an almost daily basis. I'd I'd say like when it comes to the deplatforming, I mean, taking their art away, if if you're going to do that Spotify, fucking Get to work on taking bands like Brand New off, a uh, punk band that tries to bang Beatles. teenagers. Or the Beatles. The Beatles. John Lennon wasn't exactly the – kept his hands to himself in a in – a, he, he was punching I, people. No, I, and, and, by, and by the way, yeah, I agree with you. Be vigilant P, about it, Spotify. You can say they beat people up. I agree. <laughs> Punch them in the face. I agree, <laughs> I agree with you on that 100%, and we've talked about it a bunch on here, and it's it's something that I'm glad that is starting to become come out a lot more is I went over I went over to – Chad and Mel's place uh, to go have rehearsal for the Oingo Boingo project and I went over and this was like right after leaving Neverland was uh, was really getting a lot of heat and a lot of people were talking about it and it was before so, so much resistance had come out and people speaking out against that film even. It was like when that was pretty fresh and people were all like dude, fuck him and da 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 and I went over and they're listening to Michael Jackson and I go oh didn't you guys get the memo you're not allowed to listen to Michael Jackson anymore and they're like well gee whiz I guess we can't listen to anything anymore we can't listen to the Beatles we can't listen to Beethoven or Mozart or any of the composers who grew up in times where where their view of the world definitely would not have been accepted by modern times you know like it, yeah, but it changes your it changes your perception. Yeah, I picked the wrong week to stop listening to the mentors. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was another thing too. Is the mentors tried to come to town and people like protested to get the show canceled. And it's like I don't like the mentors. I'm not going to pay to go to their show, but I also don't think that they should not be able to play here. They're entertainment. You have the choice as to whether or not you're going to engage in supporting that entertainment. Exactly. Now I've like stood up against or tried to like make a point to the gothic right i was gonna ask you about that you were very vocal in the yeah i think that dude should sit on the fucking bench for a while he He, was accused of being like physically violent to a girl who reported it and as someone that knows the scene like i I know the person i like no it's not bullshit i'm not gonna name the person they would have named themselves if they wanted that but we know that he's a piece of shit essentially but in the gothic gave him a spot and i think it's still a show but like, if they want to put him on the stage, it's just it's just me thinking that's not something I'm gonna forget. Right, right. that theater, which, you know, I go there for a couple of shows a year. I like it; it's a cool spot. They put on like some now, of my where, favorite like party punk bands. Where do you draw the line? This is, now this is I think where it gets where it gets gray, and I think we could all stand to live a little bit in in this this gray area of 
what is the line that you think people should be going to express their displeasure to the gothic? Because I agree with you that T.J. Miller should have to take the bench. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of feel like his, if, if what happened is absolutely factually true, I feel like he shouldn't have a career. But I also don't think it's my job to tell... Like, I wouldn't make violent threats to the gothic. Oh, yeah, theater. sure. That's you not... know what I mean? I, I do respect their right to have whatever they want. On <laughs> I have the city buildings them. to burn down. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. to burn down a, a place next to a bowling alley, I dig. But, <laughs> that's fucked up. Well, well, but what I also, what I also think that, <laughs> what I also think that is important is I think it's important for, I think that these people that maybe we don't want to give a platform to, it is our duty to give them a platform and subject them to social correction. Yeah, that's like cool. if, if if someone like TJ Miller goes on stage, he is going to have to face the pushback of social correction by being put on stage. Or or a band like I, I can't remember there's that black metal band that was coming through town. Yeah, I don't remember their name. It, too it, many the, the umlauts or yeah. something. Yeah, but it, too many umlauts. <laughs> that was the name of the band. Yeah. But that show <laughs> didn't happen because there was it's pressure. Well, it happened somewhere. There was, there was pressure on the venue. To not put him on stage. I mean, it probably happened in a bald dude's backyard in Lakewood. Oh, it don't happened. say that. Well, did, did I live you... in Lakewood? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the um, Do you remember the whole Black Pussy debacle when that, when that was going on? They was were, it Black or Nashville? I forget no, which it was debacle. Black, it was Black Pussy. And like they had some Nashville people were Confederate flags in there? No. That was the Nashville yeah. Pussy yeah. one then. People, people got mad at Black Pussy because, because of their name. And people were oh, yeah, protesting okay. shows. To the point that I, I was talking to their merch girl when we played together after their name changed because they did a full rebrand. What was like, the new name? Uh, they call themselves well, Black Magic Fla Black Magic Flower, Flower Power, Power is what they call themselves yeah. now, and they used well, that's to a terrible band name. <laughs> well, it's Black Motherfucking Pussy. Yeah, Black Motherfucking Pussy. Yeah, but here's the thing. Oh, okay, they fought Black, the re yes. they fought the rebrand cool. for so long, and I talked to their their merch gal and their media person, and she was like. We were getting death threats. We were getting oh, people wow. were, she said, in one town, uh, someone threatened to drive a truck into the club. She said, in one town, somebody threatened to bomb the club. Uh, in one town, somebody threatened the lives of the family members of the people at the club. At another one, some people threatened to burn the place. Like, they got so many. And she's tearing up as she's telling me these things. And she's like, dude, we're just a bunch of hippies that like playing disco music. And, <laughs> and we, named a, we named the band after a, a line from a Quentin Tarantino movie. And we're like just trying to be the soundtrack to a fucking Tarantino movie. <laughs> and people are threatening us with death. Like we're we've lost tours as a result of it. We've lost all these different things because of their name, and that to me is the extreme of when when that voice of trying not to give a platform to opinions that you disagree with. That to me is over the line into authoritarianism. Well, that sounds like an extreme reaction to a not that extreme problem that they tried to take care yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if if they continue the path of of being righteous and explaining what they're what they're, you know, what you said about them that they're just hippies or whatever. I feel like at some point they're going to go up and the hate for them will go down and it'll work out. Yeah. A dude like TJ Miller, you know, essentially assaulted a person and everyone's just like, hey, instead of doing that show, you should book a bunch of awesome Denver female comics. And I agree with that for so, sure. So, like, that, that was my point. I was like, hey, instead of putting this dude on your stage, gothic, 
I promise we'll fill that fucking place if you put five great Denver female comics. I did comics see that, and I really, I really liked that a yeah, lot. Yeah, I wasn't about to bury a cool. band or a, a place that puts like Fiddler in their building. Like, I love that fucking venue. They put on shows that right, right, again yeah. three times a year, very meaningful to me, and they're a great venue for comedy. I think it's t- just a cool building in general. Yeah, it's yeah. great. South Denver is like probably my favorite Denver. Well, and and see, when I look at you, I look at you as a voice who is on that more uh, that that area of the continuum that I would call the 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 social correction part of the the continuum that we were talking about. You know, you have this extreme that's way out here, but I do think it's important for people to voice their displeasure with certain people being given a platform. Yeah. That being said, I don't think that the, anyone should be deplatformed. I would love to hear Richard Spencer come to Denver and have to debate a it, 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 debate one of the avatars from from like the intellectual dark web you know what i'm <laughs> saying like it, like i would like to have to i would like to hear him have to follow his illogic to its logical conclusion in a public forum so that his supporters can see how full of shit he is in public you know what i mean I if think you have the, the balls to perform in public when people hate you, I mean, that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, that, that's both fucked up and like, good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That takes balls the size of the earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's, Im- that's impressive. Well, and it's, it's, ne- <laughs> it's necessary to drive really? social. It's necessary. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's necessary to drive social thought, too, because it's necessary to let you know where you sit on the issue. You know, when you see someone who's that far to the extreme and you hear what they have to say about it, you go, okay, I'm not sure on too many things of what I think of certain issues, but I know for a fact I didn't agree with anything that that guy said. So that kind of gives you a signpost as to maybe I'm not leaning that far in that direction. Where do I sit more? You know, who, who is speaking who's providing the contrast to this guy that I can start leaning a little more in that direction. We make these little corrections in social thought and it helps us evolve as a society. You know, I, that's, that's my opinion. I know there's a lot of people that if this podcast ever got more than a couple dozen listeners (laughs) probably wouldn't like that perspective, but yeah. It's like if there wasn't a boy who cried wolf, we wouldn't always be ready, you know, like without someone that's alarming everybody with with dumb shit on the other end of the spectrum. Right. Then how would we ever actually know how crazy people could get or like where where does that line become like are they yeah. are well, they just loud mouths or crazy and they're just shitty lessons. G- yeah. Giving them a pulpit. <laughs> that's why public forum is something like that's why you can stand on the steps it's, of the Capitol and say whatever you want and not get arrested. But I guess not everyone can get the gothic theater. Well, and as a comedian, that's part that's part of your your pursuit, is it not? Which is like to do the gothic theater. Well, no, yeah, to do the. What I'm really saying is, <laughs> I want to cool. play the gothic Sell it theater out myself. I, if it was the gothic theater, it'd be like the staff and then a green room list of fucking people I know. Yeah, what, maybe six other people. What Corey was really saying in that Dude. post is like, no, look, I'm really just trying to get a gig. Can I please play your stage? <laughs> Look, if you could just replace TJ with five to six female Denver comics that I host. I'll host it. (laughs) (laughs) I know the perfect band that can play. Yeah, right. (laughs) This band, Big City Drugs. We can have them open up the whole thing. So, so, So as a, as a comedian, you are in this position where part of you and your ilk are charged with this mission of like testing boundaries, trying to elicit laughter from people which is almost like an allergic reaction to hearing things that trigger that you know trigger something in your brain you know you're deliberately going out and triggering people 
that's that's what a comedian's job is is to try and trigger the response of laughter which is toes a very yeah. fine line between uh, outrage you know what I mean? <laughs> the li- the, there's a thin line between <clears throat> laughter and outrage and your job is to kind of like strum on that line a little bit right sometimes as a new dad <laughs> I get to make layup jokes for the next year <laughs> I don't have to I don't have to provoke any thought I just need to make a joke about my son puking in my nose and I'm good <laughs> you, you guys can be like I'm cool dude dad shit am I right and everybody in the crowd like oh dude you can lean on kids for like the next couple years dude, 14 15 15 years easily until I get bored with it uh, yeah it should it should be good yeah most of my yeah no, no thought provoking stuff it's it's pretty big breeze but yeah. I saw you um, I saw you get heckled once oh great and, <laughs> no and you handled it yeah, really let's, let's drill on that for a while you, yeah, you handled it really well oh I hope it so. was it was back when um, you guys were trying to do an open mic at the Overland oh that was an actual show <laughs> oh that was an actual show that, wasn't that was a showcase we were we were doing was that the one that um, that Adam was on or was that a yes, different one that, oh, was, that, that was, one. was the one that Adam was on yeah so <laughs> Uh, I remember a pretty bad heckle there. There was a couple of Trump guys <laughs> that were on the edge of the bar. And, uh, yeah, I can explain how made, that went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how did that go? <laughs> okay, so I was doing maybe – I might have done this joke to open the show. It's something I haven't done maybe in a year and a half because it's just too easy. It was like um, something like um, – like I've been having sex for like 10 years and now that – I've been doing it so long. It's been more than that. <laughs> That's probably why I quit doing <laughs> the joke. Like, it's like 16, 17 years now, dude, everybody. I've been crushing puss for like almost two <laughs> decades now, bro. It was, now that I've been doing it for 10 years or so, uh, I now can't reach climax unless I'm staring at an asshole. And then people are like, oh, this funny, yeah, fucking asshole. And then I said, uh, which is why I keep a picture of the president next to the bed. <laughs> it's just like an easy joke about Trump being an yeah, asshole. Yeah, it was just no. a little like, ha just a little jab. And there was a couple of guys. Yeah, fresh, fresh, fresh off of voting, probably like it was probably like four Dude, or five it, months before that. It was really <laughs> close. <laughs> These it, dudes like got real heated or whatever, and one of them's like. Fuck, dude, you lost, man. You lost. Get over it. <laughs> you fucking lost. And, like, I'm, like, a freshly resigned libertarian. Like, I'm not. I'm, it's like, I was just like, dude, I'm a white property owner in Denver. We're the same person. <laughs> and, like, that got a pretty good response. And then I just kept fucking with him a bit. But afterwards, I was, like, shook because I was, like. He was, kept like, it going for like, a while. I was, like, this dude might man. try to fuck with me later. But there was a, I saw a group of dudes, like, form. Around and they were like pretty ready to pound some case, but that dude got real hot, man. Oh, he did. He was just him and his buddy both. They they closed their tab and they're yelling at you. And I don't know if I told you this, but I went up to them afterwards and I was like, "Dude, are you guys lost?" <laughs> that's an like, incredible retort, by the way. That's amazing. No, that's <laughs> a great one. Yeah. I felt that was a fine moment. Yeah, it, like I'm closing their tab and they're getting all heated about. It. I'm like, "Are you guys lost, dude? It's a it's a fucking comedy showcase <laughs> at, at at a like." At a bar owned by the guys who own the fucking high dive and Nathaniel Ratliff. Like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Dude, yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. We, we don't care for your guy here. <laughs> it's, and, like, there was something else that was goofy about it. Uh, I'm trying to think what it was. They lost their shit. Oh, the original punchline to that joke before he got elected was, I keep a picture of myself next to the bed. So, like, that's, <laughs> what's, like, that's what the original joke was. And that's probably, I should go back to it. That might be funny. Yeah. But, yeah, that, those dudes, yeah, that's probably, like, probably the worst the worst heckle maybe I've ever gotten that that a crowd was there for, which was okay, but it kept going way longer than it should. Yeah, and I was like a little shook, but I think it was okay. I forgot who the headliner was that night, but man, I hope that didn't. 
So, so <laughs> that's, weird to that, them. that is something that is also like to, to return to the idea of, of comedy being the new punk rock is like in our band, even if people don't like our band, for the most part, people are too polite to tell you they don't like your band. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll be like, oh, they're pretty good. Cool show. Ni- cool ni- show. Ni- you guys were very entertaining. Fun outfits. You got fun out. Ad- totally. <laughs> but you guys I've seen your band. Yeah, yeah, you guys were really interesting. Yeah. you. I could tell you guys were having a lot of fun up there. What there is the a difference. For? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the difference is. The difference when, is. When we've, when we've been heckled, there's been guys who have gotten beat up for heckling. For heckling, band. right? Like your or fans you guys, beat them up? No. No. Well, like. Like, you guys beat them up. In, <laughs> in the old days, we did have. Wait, listen. Well, there's 14 of you. <laughs> <laughs> Two hecklers. Yeah. And we, we okay. Those are different. St- the the. Let's just <laughs> suffice to say the people that have gotten beat up by the band definitely deserved it. Yeah. In I'll that like, moment. But, almost, can you tell those stories? Or oh yeah, totally. No, <laughs> no, I have no problem telling that story. I just don't want to get too far down the rabbit right, hole right, and right. lose my point. I'll go back. Wait, to yeah, it. let's go back to it for sure. Okay. But something that comedians have to deal with, you guys have to deal with being heckled on a regular basis by either A, people who don't agree with what you have to say, or B, don't think you're funny, or C, like as is the case at like Three Kings, you have someone like fucking Eddie Romero, oh. who everybody loved so oh, yeah. much, <laughs> but Eddie had no idea how social graces were supposed to work, so he would laugh at something that you said, oh, and sure. then... <laughs> yell responses back like the the hecklers who like think they're helping the show along oh yeah like th- there's a lot Those of people the worst. like that we would see that at Kings all the time where the regulars would see you guys come in and lose their shit and get uh, like I saw um, one of the regulars this guy Dave got into a screaming match with Vic G across oh, the Jesus. fucking bar you know well in that case you can't tell who's the comedian and who's the <laughs> who's the who's crazy the person crazy and who's person. the bar fly you know what I mean <laughs> Um, Am I part of one of them avant-garde social experiments or something? What the hell's going on? I think Mike's like Three Kings. uh, The way it used to be, and I don't go there as much because I definitely have my kid and have seemingly worked every Friday for the last two and a half years. But uh, that Mike, the way it used to be, was like on the stage, which was a a stage, but then there was always so much room between most of the the fan or the bar. So now it's a little closer, so you can... It's a little more little, intimate, so you can't get away with... Bar. Yeah, it's on the bar. You can't get away with being an asshole as much because you've got to look them in the fucking eyes from yeah. 15 feet rather than 40 feet 40 of space. Feet. But right. Mike's like that, the way you know Squire was always real tough, but that was even tougher than before I was ever even in town. It, it, it cooled off a bit. And Lion's Lair is probably where like you really cut your teeth now because who the fuck is going to be sh- sh- showing up to Lion's Lair 10 p.m. on a Monday? So that place is where you've got to be on your toes a bit too. And Tony's... Dude, tough crowd. <laughs> does he does he yell that between fucking things? No, I wish Tony's Tony just like Tony. You get Tony to laugh, it feels good. But like, if you don't get Tony to laugh, it feels he's real a very bad. serious guy. He's a sweet, part. great he's guy, a but super like, sweet guy. If you don't know how to crack the sweet, he is a fucking he's oh, yeah. an eggshell. Well, it's, and um, that'll happen when you've been running the helm at one of the craziest bars on Colfax. Like the Lion's Lair is no joke, man. Like. We used to play shows there a long time ago, and it's just people throwing shit at you, you know, 
doing coke off the bar yeah, with, with you know and while the place is still of us open on that stage <laughs> yeah. with with three half stacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they need a, a uh, they need a Patrick Swayze to fucking you know roadhouse that place back then. The last time we played there, we played with a band that had eight people in the band. Oh wow! <laughs> and it was like there were two of them on the floor. Yeah, these <laughs> players grooving down there. But the know, but the stage cool. is like three feet up, so if somebody's on the floor, they're they are significantly underneath oh, yeah. the rest of the band. Oh yeah, yeah. It would be kind of fun. <laughs> To do like a way too big party at the Lions Lair, like do a record release party at the Lions Lair, like something where you know that not everybody you know is going to be able to fit in there and just make it uncomfortably full and get people super, super, super drunk and just like <laughs> there'd need to be a system to pass no. beers out. Yeah. Oh, right. It, yeah. We need the Patrick Swayze to come with for that show. Oh yeah, dude. The, the problem is, they is need so to many hire a, bar- a bartender for that. Yeah, they might need to hire a bartender. <laughs> hey, man, I'd work a shift from the stage. So, uh, I'll throw old styles out to people. Yeah, yeah. They saw old style there. One of the only spots that nice. I've gotten old style in this city. Oh yeah. About it. Yeah, they they sell all the cheap stuff there, man. Like, short, shorts McGraw is their key demographic. <sighs> shorts, shorts, oh McGraw. shortsy. Yeah. That's a, that's a, man. I love shorts. Yeah, I love shorts too. <laughs> I see him more at a gas station now. I like. Nice. I, I love. He was working at. Uh, see him at a workspace. Yeah. yeah, I love shorts in small amounts. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I couldn't I wouldn't like him if he was pants. <laughs> I wouldn't like him if he was. Um, oh, okay, man. so I will tell you real quick short versions of the only times oh, God, that yeah. we have beat people up on stage. All right, on stage even I thought it would be like no no a, no 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 these a, are one a, time it's never, it's never western in the next morning or so. So, so you guys fucking suck last night one time <laughs> one time wait I'll get the short version of the story is one time there was a guy who got into the show and he was a drunk street dude in in Vegas and he started stealing our merch and security did nothing about it and so we like. In the middle of a song, I heard the drums drop out, and Ty ran up. By the way, it's always Ty. It's always Ty. The only two times that there's <laughs> Ty been looks fights like on. he's ready to fuck. Well, he's such a mellow guy, yeah. but if you cross the line, he you get yoked up. And this guy was stealing our stuff, and Ty ran off the stage, fucking grabbed this guy, and then the rest of the band grabbed the guy, and we threw him out the door. So he didn't get beat up. Okay. And then he smashed out all the windows on Tay's van. That's Aww. a Yeah. Um, the windshield, too. It was fucking shitty. Uh, and then um, another time we were at a music festival in Kentucky. Did you guys right? get to rough him up a little bit? We roughed him up a little oh, bit not, on his not way out the door. a bunch of windows of vans worth. Well, dude, no, he got away. A tooth for every fucking van window. I mean, he got away. Like, we were in the middle of... Fair. We were, okay. So basically what had happened was... Uh, this guy was hanging out in the parking lot, like like I said, street dude, like had a brown bag of Corona. Oh, it was a different street, street dude that time. No, this this is the oh, same okay. dude. Yeah, gotcha. And so I'm outside on the phone, and the guy comes up to me and he goes, "Hey man, I'm trying to get into the show, but I don't have any money. You like sneak me in the back or something like that." And I go, "I'll tell you what, dude, I'm playing in the band. I really don't want to." Affect negatively affect my relationship with the club. This is exactly what I said to him. It's like I don't want to negatively affect my relationship with the club. Um, fucking, I can't do it for you, but I'll bet any of these people here would help you out. I'll bet you somebody else would. And I go back to my phone call, and the guy's just staring at me. He goes, "You ain't nothing but a goddamn peckerwood." <laughs> 
And I go, yeah. It's a back I'm, to the future essence. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm like. Yeah. for originality. On yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're right, dude. Okay, have a nice night. So the guy goes and sits down on a, a parking barrier out in the parking lot, and he's staring at me, flipping me off, yelling shit, you know, calling me every name he can think of, of course. But you're and, used to Colfax, so. Yeah, so I'm used to Col- And it's <laughs> Vegas. And it's not just Vegas. It's like the outskirts of Vegas. This was at the dive bar, which is kind of kind of a little ways down Tropicana to, like, where the locals hang out. So it's a lot grimier than, like, hanging out on the Strip. And uh, so we go on stage. We do the show. Um, we're getting ready to go on, and the guy got in what, oh, one yeah. way or another. And I see him, and I go, hey, man, you got in. Right on. And the dude's looking at our merch. We're on stage. We're doing a show for, like, 20 people. And um, <coughs> I'm singing. We're doing a song. Drums drop out. I turn around. Ty's not on the drum kit. Turn around, look towards the merch. Ty already has this guy yoked <laughs> up in a hold and is pushing him out the door. So Jerry jumps in, starts throwing punches. Tay jumps in, starts throwing punches. Tony jumps in, starts throwing punches. Fucking Logan jumps in. And I'm just on the mic, like, yelling for help. <laughs> Logan jumps in, steals his boots. I'm, I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to add it to my collection. Um, so he jumps in. And, or, so I'm yelling for security, which isn't doing shit. In fact, the bartender starts yelling at us. And uh, we push the guy out the door. We get back on stage and finish doing the show. Someone comes up to us during the next song, and they go, hey, you guys might want to stop playing. That guy just fucked up your van. Da-da-da. We go out. We see all the glass. We're like, fuck. We go back on stage. We finish the show. By this point, people have either left or they have gone to chase down the guy who did it. Oh, nice. So the room is completely fucking empty. And we ended up having to go to, like, North Vegas the next day and just, like, sit in a blazing hot parking lot while these people fixed our fucking van. And, yeah, it sucked. Second time that we had to beat a guy up was we were playing a show in Kentucky somewhere, middle of nowhere, Happy Shock Music Fest, out in the, the middle of nowhere in Kentucky. And... um we're on stage and everybody's so drunk. Everybody at the festival's drunk. We're all drunk. We're like drinking gin to keep the mosquitoes off of us and shit. <laughs> Is that a, that sounds, that sounds seriously like, a like we're like, dude, no, they had, they were the worst mosquitoes and so our rationale, fatty from White Fudge. It's like, nah, bro, you just, you drink gin and those mosquitoes won't get you. Yeah, you pick and choose your old wives' tales. So so we're just, we're drinking straight gin, hanging out. We get up and we do this set and this guy comes up. (laughs) Seagram's made that lie up. This guy starts getting in Tony's face and just sticking his middle finger in Tony's face. Just like mashing it in front of Tony's face. This is what Ty told me after the fact. And Ty sees his, you know, little boyfriend getting messed with. So he... (laughs) Jumps up and tackles the guy off the stage. And then, of course, we all fucking jump in and pounce on this dude. And they had different people from the festival escort us and the other guy off the festival at different exits. They're like, they're like, listen, we know that guy was fucking with you, but you all jumped on him and kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> so we've got to kick both of you guys out. And so they, they were like, please don't follow him. Please don't go try and chase him down. Of course, we're drunk and we're 22 years old. So we're like, fuck that guy. Let's go get him. You know, <laughs> those, those are the only two times I can think of that we like attacked a heckler, like beat somebody up. I don't think we would do that necessarily I remember today. Our, ba- our band almost got beat up for trying to go on stage when another band wanted to go on stage. 
Oh, at Skatopia? Skatopia. Yeah. Dude, you basically had to sit. So Skatopia is this um, is this skate park on 80 acres of land out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, nice. that yeah. this uh, pro skater Bruce Martin owns. And it's basically Burning Man for psychopaths. <laughs> Unlike the real Burning Man, which is, you know... For sociopaths, Socios. yeah, yeah, for yeah. Small differences. It's it's basically <laughs> it's Burning Man for assholes, and um, and there's you know tons of bands are playing. Uh, Slayers played there, Guars played there. Uh, when we played there, it was with Green Jello and Green um, Jello, dope, dude. Yeah, dude. And so many, <laughs> hell like, yeah, like shat, like dude. And it was from all along the continuum of like skater punk rock bands like it's bands that nobody had ever heard of like this band the wall martians playing their first show they played like 20 seconds of a song and quit on stage all the way up to like green jello and shat and stuff like that we're backstage it's four in the morning there's bands playing from 7 a.m to 7 a.m every fucking night and people skating all around it while it's going on blowing off fireworks and you know shooting mortars (laughs) and dynamite and shit it's fucking crazy and uh, we had been sitting and trying to get our promised spot because people will poach your stage time if you don't watch your steal spot. It, steal it. Oh, dude, Straight steal, steal it. it. Straight up steal it. That's what happened to us. It, it's like, dude, it's <laughs> like... You, bu- you were booked on this. Oh, dude, bands booked. Aren't booked. Well, booked. Corey, please. There was no, somebody, there was no schedule. Somebody, somebody like, set up like a few microphones with like two PA speakers and said, <laughs> all right, you guys all uh, figure it out. And you basically would write Bruce an email and be like, hey, we want to play Bull Bash this year. And he'd be like, all right. And then you show up to Bull Bash and he like has a piece of paper that says the names of all the bands he thinks are coming. And he goes, okay, you guys are here. You can play, uh, you can play midnight tomorrow night. And then three in the morning comes, four in the morning comes, and people are still partying, like tripping mushrooms and acid yeah. and drunk and smoking weed. A, hu- and- a huge, like 13 foot deep kidney bowl that was over inverted at the top. And these guys are just. Dude, this this skate park, this skate park made Tony Hawk cry. Like this this skate park had stuff so scary it made Tony Hawk cry. Like <laughs> he and Bam Margera both skated it. Like it's it's a it's a crazy crazy place. And uh, we were waiting to go on stage. And was it Shat? It wasn't Shat. It was some fucking. What other band was it? I can't remember. Okay. Not a surf. We won't. We won't drop a name was, anyway. Was, but there was surf, there was yeah. a band. The Nada. Basically, we were supposed to be going on, and a band tried to poach our time, and didn't Logan go up and confront him? And the guy put Logan in a chokehold. Like, Is like that some what other happened? Band, I think some other yeah some other band started started loading on. It's like fuck. That's gonna be our spot. And most of us were just like fuck it. And I think Logan was just like fuck that we're playing now so he grabs his amp and he puts it on there and he like takes the guy's stuff his the other guys which I don't think Logan knew was this fucking huge fucking oh, beefy <laughs> dude you know and and Logan takes the amp and and it moves it and the guy just grabs Logan by the fucking throat and yeah. p- picks Logan up you know picks Logan up who is like three Tonys easily <laughs> no Logan's probably two Tonys yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got into a scuffle and it broke up real quick, and then they they got to go on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, because they had that one big guy. So I I felt like Nobody we needed to tell those stories guy. because we just left on the note of of yeah we just beat up hecklers. We spoke up some hecklers, and, and and I didn't want that to become a thing in the comedy scene where it's like if you heckle we just fuck you up. 
Like, does that happen? Have you ever seen anyone just get fucked up? I have. Heckling? I have only been in fights as an adult that involved comedy, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Uh, okay, let's see if I can chron- chronologize this. Uh, okay, so one. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's figure out a way to not name names. Yeah, we'll call him <laughs> Mr. Big and Mr. Small. Well, I told you earlier, maybe it was off mic, that a certain a certain gruff-sounding rock star oh, yeah, in town right. and I got into a small scuffle type thing. Oh, right. And, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we don't have to name him. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so it was a couple at Matchbox specifically, whereas where I, I DJ Monday nights, uh, stop by tonight, uh, taking back Mondays, pop punk and the hey. Tony Hawk soundtrack. <laughs> what so time do you start? 10 p.m. Oh, fuck. So go see it next week since this isn't live, obviously. Don't oh, go yeah. tonight when you're li- – actually, go tonight when you're listening. Yeah, go whenever. I'll, I might – you know, I go every other week, but it's a fun time, you know, regardless. So uh, one time I was going to the Matchbox with then open mic host Kevin O'Brien, my oldest friend, best friend in the world, uh, now New York comedian, guitarist for my band. Really, we're like a, a cheap, low, low-key, loser-ass version of you guys. Like old, <laughs> old like, 13-year-old – band together and now we do it as adults but when he when he's back in town but yeah. uh so we were arriving to the matchbox and he hosts and as i get there there's a, a dude and i'm a real i'm really bad at telling people are on or what drugs they're on i don't know always like yeah. i just can't <laughs> I tell have, i have that same problem now that i've lived here for six years i'm better at it <laughs> but <laughs> five years ago i wasn't and this dude was just out front of matchbox being threatening to to my homies like um, one of the bartenders, Cam, was out there, and like he's always been a good dude to me. And some other comics, no need to name their names, really. But um, the dude just punched one of them right as I walked up, and I was like, looking at everybody, and nobody was really doing anything. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and I just dragged this dude into a into like a, a young tree, which is now a grown <laughs> tree. Which is like I walk by it every week, man. And you're like, ah. <laughs> That tree, I remember <laughs> it was there. Stronger. It's getting um, stronger. But I didn't I didn't get much time to see the dude. Um You should go back and throw him into the tree now. No, I don't even know who you, he sh- is. you should just you should just be like, <laughs> Hey, I wanted to commemorate the <laughs> anniversary of me throwing you into that tree over there. <laughs> it's like renewing our vows for a fight. <laughs> but uh yeah, it wasn't much of a fight. He uh it was really just he threw a punch at a friend and I just fucking threw him into this tree and and I didn't get a chance to really see his face amongst all this, but a, a picture on the internet shows the dude looks a lot like my father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing there. Uh, but I was, I was, like, pushing his face into the dirt. <laughs> I was pushing his face into the dirt, and I, I was, like, screaming, Stop punching people! And uh, I pulled his face up, and it was super fucking... I pay the bills on time! <laughs> I pulled his fucking head up, and it's super bloody, and I'm like, I didn't punch this fucking dude in the face. It turns out he gotten into another fight in the bar, and another... That den- same night? Same... Two minutes before I got there. Like, Jesus. He so was somebody a, was gonna do it. Somebody had already punched his fucking face in. Um, for being a drunk asshole, and he was on coke as well, as you could tell by his willingness to keep fighting a bunch <laughs> of people outside of the bar. He just got his ass kicked on the inside on. Now, that's a guy who deserves to have his ass whipped. Yeah, so he got kicked once, came outside, and started kicking other people's asses that weren't involved in the fight. And then, <laughs> so I'm, like, holding his fucking shirt, and I see his face, and I'm like, I was just like, dude, I can't believe I just did this to his fucking face. But I was going through like <laughs> that my tree own. really did some damage. No, the tree didn't get harmed. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my dog, dude. Nature finds a, a way. Tree. I think you should cut that tree down 
and and make a wood carving like of the incident of the day that you threw him no. into the tree. Like one day, one day when you're real old and the tree is real okay, old. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go together. Like or uh, have Thomas a plaque, Jefferson and John Adams or whoever. Have a plaque <laughs> that, uh, like depicting the fight like Dude, emblazoned on the tree with your yeah. name on it. There's like a picture of me staring him down from the back like ready to... <laughs> People like, are taking pictures of this whole thing? Yeah, someone snapped Wouldn't a picture of Wouldn't you take of the, pictures of uh, that shit was yeah. going down? I would take pictures if I knew Corey was fixing to punch somebody. Corey, Corey looks like a guy that would be fun to watch punch people. Yeah, I, yeah. I probably never even thrown a punch at someone. They're, they, like it always just ends with me like getting him on the ground and like subduing him and pulling their boots off. Pulling <laughs> <laughs> I do pull boots off because like I knock, I knock boots off, I'll, motherfucker. I'll tell you why I pull boots, dude. If someone's on the <laughs> ground and they've got a pair of boots on and it's often in winter that they've got boots on, they'll they'll fucking kick up, dude. And, like, catching a boot to the face sucks. And when someone feels like you're taking their boots, they're going to start running. <laughs> right, 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 and, right. But so I was going through all this dental shit at the time, like infections or whatever. And I just felt a load of guilt by holding this fucking guy with a bloody face. And I thought I bloodied it. And then I was then, – <laughs> then everyone's like – Yo, dude, this guy just got his fucking teeth busted on the inside, man. You didn't do that. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so I felt good. How long did you take credit for it, though? Like, did I you... didn't. It was like, I, it was real guilt, not like. Oh. I was just like. You felt bad that you were like, oh, I man, felt... I really lost control. Well, it was just that, like, since I was going through my own tooth shit, I didn't, I, I, I would have felt guilty breaking his teeth out. And I was right. like, I couldn't have done that shoving his face in the dirt. Right. It's impossible. Now, uh, this, this brings up a question that I, that I. Is some of have been rattling around in my brain a lot lately, lately, having become a new father, and I wonder if it's something that, that you've rattled around in your brain at all. I so, should really quickly say that that story wasn't about the rock star that we talked about earlier. Who oh. is that? So, That's a different story at the Matchbox. This was just a dude that was getting fucked up at the Matchbox. Okay. Oh. Believe me, the dude we were talking about wouldn't have gotten thrown around so easily by me. That's exactly so what don't, I was thinking. So don't be like, impressed. Really? It was a different dude. I was looking dude. at your arms like, God damn. Yeah, He's I'm, a monster. Yeah. I, I'm a little buff now because I deliver beer for ratio, but back then, dude, I was just farm strong. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because you're, 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 you're from Nebraska, strong. right? No, 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 He's farm <laughs> But I can just lift stuff. But, man, just being from that part of the country, stuff, we eat a lot sure. of grain, I got a and it makes us very bulky. Hold a lot of rope. We, but, yeah, I, I can I could stand outside a general store and you know <laughs> chew pretty good. Um, but yeah, you can ask that question, and if you want, I can share the next fight of the Matchbox story. So, so yeah. the, the the question is is with because you've got a you've got a son, nine months old, nine, a nine month old son, and a day will come when he's going to face a choice between having to fuck somebody up or not fuck somebody up. What is what is your stance on on like force and physical violence as you intend to impart it on to your son? Uh, I think that I hope that he's the type of person that would solve the problem without having to to hurt anyone. But I feel like most of the violence I've ever been involved in is is me well, trying to be a good person for yeah, someone else. It's called for. It's so, it's, it's protecting somebody who. Who might right be marginalized? Yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. Or, Agreed. So in that case, I want him to fucking ruin someone's life. 
But I don't know how to teach that. Well, I mean, but I would want that's I would, just the inner rage. Like, okay, I'd like him to learn how to like. We're pretty be a close karate to the, fighter, right? Now, <laughs> I, do, I want my kid to be an MMA fighter immediately. <laughs> like, uh, I just mean like, like five year old with cauliflower ears. So you, <laughs> oh my god, I've got to drain him for him every night. Just like a smash. Like your kid's just got this smash flat nose, and we just start calling him Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he starts. He starts dating child porn stars and stuff like that. <laughs> What? what the fuck's a child porn star? Well, you know, that's what MMA fighters do. They date porn stars, right? So if uh, your child is an MMA fighter, he's going to date child porn stars. Thank you for clarifying, because yeah, yeah. that is important. Because yeah. those are two very different things. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like, like to think you can't reach star status when you're in child porn. <laughs> they usually leave the names out. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I picked my cool. stage name when I was eight. <laughs> Twinkle Hello Kitty is what I go. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I hope my son is a vigilant person, but I don't oh think I want God. him to be a bully. Well, yeah, and that's what and I'm I, saying. It's like, it's like I have a temper and I feel hot too often in my life, even like road ragey. Right. If he could not have any of that, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah. great. And I try hard to show a, a re, being a result, a person with resolve yeah. around him. Like, I'm, I'm a proponent of minimum necessary force, you know, not using, like, it, delaying violence yep. as long as you possibly Never can. Never punched a face. But you and I are about the same age. And I'm 33. So we're close to the same age. We're He's 34. Age. We're, in the, we're in the same We're in the same neighborhood. Um, I have older brothers, so we're probably similar wise-wise. Well, but I don't know how it was in schools in Nebraska, but when we were growing up, there was very much this thing of like, if there's a fight, both sides of the fight are going to get in trouble. So don't fight. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? So it was kind of this generation of teaching kids like no violence, none whatsoever. And it's kind of like the bullies who don't have shit to lose will fuck with you. And then kids aren't standing up for themselves because they don't want to get in trouble. And kind of my perspective on the whole thing is like avoid conflict as much as you possibly can. But if somebody threatens you violently, if somebody's trying to bully you, if someone's trying to pick on you, punch that motherfucker in the nose. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. You know, that's right. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, when so I was, I was a kid, just, I was, I was curious where you, I was curious where you run. stood on that. Well, I got my <laughs> ass whooped a lot because I thought I was going to get in trouble if I fought back. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And then that. That carries over into your older years. And I feel like it's important to learn to draw a line in the sand pretty early on, especially when it comes to fucking kids and asshole kids. So I was just curious about that. So this this story about the matchbox, this other time you had to correct a heckler. Yes, yeah, similar – well, less of a heckler. Similar instance, though, uh, I was there with my homie Kevin. He was the open mic host. And he started doing – like hosting the open mic, and there was a figure in the corner – who was like a a tall but like built but skinny looking dude and which is pretty much what Kevin is but not as tall as this famous Denver artist who the more I say it the right people will put this together which oh, I think I've already put it together <laughs> oh yeah you guys I, you guys absolutely yeah, know he actually told us yeah we told yeah. you earlier when referencing him <laughs> but uh yeah <laughs> he, he just wasn't there for comedy that night he was there to just put fucking drinks away and maybe do some barbiturates or some, some drug I can say but don't actually know what they actually are. But he was... he was GHB. Getting, it could be. CBGB. He was getting ready, I think. <laughs> I think he had to go to maybe jail 
<laughs> ah, I gotta go to jail. I better do all the drugs <laughs> Thursday night. But I don't think it actually happened. So he didn't. He didn't go to jail. But he was. He was getting ready to. So I think if you were about to go to jail, what you would do, and that you wouldn't want to just sit through a fucking annoying comedy show. <laughs> and I was. You wouldn't. <laughs> you no no. Uh, you either do comedy or you stay away from it. Um, so he was getting heckled by the dude. My my friend who was the host. The first comic went up, and. He was, like, being groany and shit, and then I was, like, getting ready to go up, and I was like, excited. I was like, dude, if this dude keeps talking during my set, like, I'm going to light him the fuck up. Like, <laughs> Dude, and this guy's a comic, and he was doing that? He's a no. musician. He's a musician. Yeah. A okay. musician in town. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, like, doing hand signals. These mics are good. They'll pick it up. Who? So, uh, <laughs> Ryan, you lose. I heard that. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I don't think it matters if you name him. Yeah, just say his name. What's no. his name? I don't care. Say his name. Yeah, but he probably would. Yeah, maybe he would. <sighs> we won't. I'll just type it out for you. Yeah. Anyways, it was definitely Ben Roy from Spells. Okay, now we've... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So my homie keeps calling him, you Hank Hill motherfucker and shit, which is so funny to call this dude Hank Hill. Like, it just cracks me up. <laughs> to call, like, anybody Hank Hill <laughs> is super funny to me. And so I'm, like, next to the, the side of the stage, and he's... He's on the stage, or the he's standing on the floor, microphone, and I could just tell it was like shit was about to happen, and this dude just like picked up the speed of a bull and just charged Kevin on stage to go like tackle him or like go like throw a punch at him. So like as he's like charging him, uh, Denver comic, uh, funny dude Steve Vanderplug. Uh, comes in and the two of us like intercept him and like push him into uh, one of the PA speakers. <laughs> Kevin dodges the punch very beautifully for an unathletic person. Dodges the punch and we all just kind of like pile onto him and like just throw like you know whatever like kidney punches we could get in like <laughs> right. not trying to hurt him but just like dude you're fucking hitting or like trying to hit trying our Trying to subdue him. And uh, the staff break it up real quick like I think the staff is a good Mediary between comics and musicians. They knew what he was probably going through. That's like when the worlds collided, man. Well, they know you, what to you do. You can feel the tension in the room. Yeah, so they, I'm sure they're like, oh, it's going to happen. And they uh, know Kevin's a fucking now. an explosive ass dude. And he's getting, like, Kevin. Kevin's the exact type of dude that can host a mic or do a show at Late Night at the Squire or crush at a Three Kings. Like, he's the reason I'm a fucking. No, I've seen I'm Kevin. so hot he's, on my tongue is because I grew up with him. He's he's, fun, my he's funny as shit, man. He's he's quick, fucking witted, and he he is not afraid to like go like go there. Like he will find your weakness and fucking rip it out of you so fast. <laughs> he's top ten at that in the city. But you could just see it, and the staff just like pulled everybody off and was like, "You guys get the fuck out. You get out." And like that was essentially that. But that was like you got kicked out of your own show for it. Well, I think that we well it wasn't my show. It was just an open mic. Performer, but I think we we hung around because it, it, it was like they separated everyone. The show was over, obviously, but at that point it was kind of like a like you prove a point for if you if you sit at the bar like afterwards, like right. It's like this, is, this is my fucking place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was you're outside. I'm inside. <laughs> here I am. Outside, inside. <laughs> what do you want from me? Yeah. Someone clearly won that altercation. Just saying. <laughs> Man, yeah. dude, it, it, I actually, um, one of the few negative Yelp reviews I've ever gotten in the service industry, a, oh, okay. like a, like personally gotten in the service industry as a bartender. For MF Ruckus, and I was like, y'all have a Yelp? 
Uh, we have gotten some really scalding reviews, but I, I think that people are worse on Yelp than any fucking snobby music writer in the world. Like, people are monsters on Yelp. It's I, I want to open a place specifically for the purpose of putting a sign up that says, fuck your Yelp review, fuck your Google review. Like, we don't read them, we don't care about them. Just, it, monsters. But, um, so, uh, I was working at Three Kings and was working the, uh, the open mic and somebody wrote a Yelp review about me berating them for mocking the comics. Like this was this was something oh that gosh. they they had to let people know that the the bartenders at at Won't Three put Kings put up with are, your hoo ha. Well, the, the the review said that like one of the com- comedians was having a rough set and we made some jokes about it and the bartender took to wagging his finger in our face and chewing us out and blah 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 they also felt the need to mention that i came into work and sarah was behind the bar and uh i planted one on her lips when i got back there how dare you they're show like, affection yeah to they're like they're like first of all the male bar. bartender comes in to relieve the the day bartender I and just lays review. a kiss on her and blah 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 blah. Re- it's I like read that review. you read that yeah, one I did. yeah he read it as he hit enter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah yes yeah well if you are the person who fucking wrote that no. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was just funny that they felt the need to like try and throw some shade on like, yeah, well, we came in and just like kissed the other bartender, so whatever that's all about. Anyway, one of the comedians was having a bad set, and so we were making a few jokes, and this bartender just jumped down our throat and da 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 da. And basically, I gave him the whole, hey, it's really hard to fucking get up there. Why don't you guys go fucking try it? Like, dude, I um. I get really upset at hecklers. Like, it's not that hard to just keep your fucking mouth shut yeah, and you, be polite. You can and not you, like it and just shut the fuck up. Yeah. You either laugh when it's funny or shut the fuck up if you don't think it's funny. Yeah. Have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck, fuck up. up. Just you know, pull your own notebook out of your purse or your pocket and just start writing your set down. Start a yeah. blog, That's when you dickhead. can start being a comedian is when you decide we're... We're shitty. Yeah. And you were about to say something. You could be like, wait, no, I'll be one now. And then yeah. get up on stage and trust that the other comedians aren't going to fucking talk shit about you when you. Yeah, we have group chats for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> group chat for all of that. Dude, I was surprised by how many times I saw Vic G go on stage and people <laughs> just let him go. You oh, know? yeah. Because he was, in my opinion, the most extreme, like, mean comic that, and I love Vic. Like, like Vic and I have a rapport, and oh, yeah, same here. I, I felt bad every time I had to remove him from the bar because he, you know, almost... He's seemingly doing a lot better now, by the way. He called us after our kid was born, because oh, no he and Sarah are pretty good friends. Hell and, yeah. And he's a, uh, dude, he's a trip. Vic is a, make no mistake... Vic is a crazy person. A handful. Yeah, but I think deep down he's a very he's a very sweet, lovable guy, and he really means well. But I would always be really impressed when I would see Vic saying just the meanest, most hateful, oh, yeah. crazy shit, and people would politely just not laugh if they didn't like it. And then every once in a while, like I said, you'd see a regular who would get up and be like, "Why well, shut the fuck up, God!" <laughs> and like, lose their mind. Off, you know what I mean? I saw a host rip him off stage once. Not Lund. You know, I won't. I won't name. No, her, I remember. Like I was strong, there for that. Strong female comic was. I was just, there for that. I was the one who had to <laughs> escort him out the door. He got he got upset with me and was like, "Don't fucking put your hands on me! I'm leaving, Jesus!" Because he that was a good impression. He yelled, "Oh, that is that the review? 
<laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. So the review says, My name is Vic. On Friday night, I was sitting at the bar buying an older gentleman that frequents several other Broadway haunts a beer. That must have been either Tony or Eddie. Oh, I fucking hate this person already. Um, Acting like they're the same. Yeah, it's like, it's like, I was just hanging out with one of the old men at the bar. It must, oh, hey, uh, your, the screen went off. I put a bunch of you quarters in the machine here. at Badger's so everybody can play. I'm Wait, nice hey, 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 Gordo, why don't you read it? Months. Why don't you just read it on your mic? There you go. You got a nice voice. <laughs> as sultry as possible. On a Friday night, <laughs> I was sitting at the bar buying an older gentleman that frequents several other South Hardway haunts of beer. It must have been shift change as the blonde waitress that served us walked towards the back, laid a big wet one on the male bartender coming on. It was open mic night. This is my board. wife and the mother of my child, by the way. <laughs> That's actually how Ransom was conceived, was that kiss. Yeah, that kiss. <laughs> it was so wet. The poor comic <laughs> completing his set bombed. And I casually commented to my fellow patron <laughs> that the comic wasn't funny. The bartender coming on went into a rant at me and displayed that he had no business being in the so-called hospitality business. <laughs> I would just categorize him as possibly the biggest dick I've ever encountered in many years. <laughs> biggest dick I've ever encountered in many years. Shit wow. must not have been with Eddie then. Yeah. I've been <laughs> that dude's got a big old dog. On several occasions and had great service and camaraderie. I bought panties <laughs> out of the vending machine. Comrade, what is camaraderie? I'm sorry, dude. I don't like that shit. And the, the the truth is is I probably could have I probably was a little over the top and snarky and maybe went on a bit of a rant. Cuz you've been on that fucking stage. But dude, it's not fucking it's not fucking funny. It's not cool to just sit around and talk shit. I don't like it when the regulars do it. I don't like it when any one does it. Being a fucking comic is hard. Being on stage is hard. I've done stand-up comedy a handful of times, and there's a reason I don't still do it. <laughs> it's fucking hard, and I only have so much energy to put into so many things, and you gotta be a fucking... Dude, you gotta be a lifer, you gotta be committed, and you gotta have thick skin to get up on that stage by yourself and tell your thoughts to people. You know, you're not yeah. you're not up there playing a song with like your boys fucking like, here's a song about partying that we wrote. Yeah, we liked party, have sex with us, done. Yeah. You know? And people are like, Yay cool. or won't say anything to you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but to be a comic, you have to go up there, say thoughts that have popped into your head that you're trying out and woodshedding, and run the risk of some fuckface just talking shit about you, man. It's not cool. Yeah, that like being it. said, though, any member of the Nuggets or Nathaniel Rateliff, the Serena Williams, the sisters, the sisters, dude, or any cast member from Friday Night Lights wants to heckle me, open invite, please. Has that happened? <laughs> no, I just want him to. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to meet my heroes in this business. <laughs> Here are the five people that I will allow to heckle me Anyone on that's stage. built a pinball machine <laughs> <laughs> and can build one for me once we become friends afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Polly Shore. I don't know. You know, he'd just be fun to hang That'd out with. That'd be a one. good story. <laughs> That'd be a good story. Polly Shore heckled me. and That <laughs> was that. We're so, cool now. So um, we just uh, we basically we just recently worked together on a gig, like this weekend we worked together on. Oh, a I was gig. the door guy. Well, you still, <laughs> hey man, you still Hats worked off to the door guy. <laughs> you still worked on the show. You still have to help the thing run. Yeah, that was tight. That was uh, real fun. We no. had the uh, the Barbosa brothers um, Saturday Big Bowl Saturday night, aka Atomic Doobie Saturday night at Mutiny for four twenty this weekend. That was a fucking blast. Y'all get real high? Dude, we got no. so high. So uh, I think I mentioned to you, Tony and I trim for a good buddy of ours. We'll oh, just call nice. We'll just call him Farmer Joe. 
Uh, shout out to Farmer Joe. We love you, buddy. Um, we work for his trim and uh, and help him take down plants and help him big leaf. And uh, when he went out of town this uh, weekend, I, I helped him out with watering his plants and shit like that. But one of the things that he does with his operation is with all the LARF, all the leftover stuff from the trim, he just puts that in big turkey bags, gives it to his, his mother, who we call Granny, and she then takes that LARF and makes it into edibles. And the edibles are for sale, but they just give us like an endless supply of of weed food. And it is the strongest edibles I've ever had. Like one cookie has ruined my day sufficiently to the point where I've had to like yeah. I've had to like lay down and take a nap and like try and focus on my breathing and get my head right because I'm having like the wor- <laughs> like top five worst anxiety. Did you, eat one, did you eat one of those on Saturday? No, on Saturday you brought them. Uh, I had a bunch of shit that I was giving out to people, and I gave to a bunch of people who then swiftly disappeared, I noticed, after I gave them those things. Put them on the merch table just for free. Yeah, I'm I just had, like... I, I ate one. Did yeah. you? Yeah, I, you know, but what did you, what did you think of What did you think of <laughs> Gra- like, Granny Joe's? It was delicious, and I'm a, I'm a user, but like that night I probably smoked less weed than I normally would uh, out and about, but... Uh, how did the edible do you? Oh, it was. It tasted great. It got me real eye high. You know where you really feel it in your eyes. <laughs> like it feels like your eyes are gonna pop out. Yeah, it was nice. But the drive home <laughs> was probably like the highest I've driven in a while. And I fancy myself a good dro- a driver, stoned, you know, specifically. Yeah, but if you're too high to drive, it's like, oh, this is what all the Christians and Republicans are talking about. This oh, is what yeah. they're afraid of. N- nothing like that. More just like, more just like zoned the fuck in, like. Yeah, we're doing this. Just serious about <laughs> like, driving. It's like, yeah, you've been up pretty much all day. You, I got a nap, don't worry. But uh, that was just such a late show. Into like, such I left at like 3.30, so it was like half tired, such a late show. half real high. It was just, it was a nice drive, but definitely one where I was like white knuckling or just, you know, like chest to the wheel. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm going to get there. Just concentrating. So. Looking out for cops. Granny made. Nah, man, not even. I don't worry about cops in this town. Yeah. I'm driving a, a Forester that's blue. I'm white. It's got a. Baby on board sticker. No one's getting no, you're 3.30 good. on 4.20. Yeah. They're no, like, you're no, good. he's fine. No, it's 3.30 on Easter. You're, yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm just heading in to do my... Uh, do my I'm uh, going to hide eggs in people's backyards. I'm the goddamn <laughs> Easter bunny. No, I just just pretend I'm the pastor. I'm just heading in to write my scripture. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, uh, just going to write my... Um, what do you call it? What do you call it when the preacher gets up there and talks sermon. to people? My sermon. I'm going to go write my sermon. Um, Somebody so, skip church. So <laughs> granny, granny made ice cream this time around. She made strawberry ice cream. So I and another gentleman at the show took the two servings of ice cream that I had. And uh, the lovely barista, um, Ezra, at he Mutiny. Is, he, hair is green as the studio walls in here, podcast <laughs> listeners. He, yeah. made, uh, he made us affogados. Best drink ever. Dude, so fucking good. So cannabis, strawberry ice cream with espresso on top. And we each took those about an hour and a half before we played. <coughs> it's called a Denver omelet. Yeah. And so the the whole, it, it's called a Denver <laughs> omelet. That's fucking great. Uh, I was calling it a Denver speedball. Ooh, I like which, that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's better. So, um, so yeah, so we're basically walking. To, to give some context, this event was, it's it's a private it's a private after-hours smoke-out and party and show that they throw every once in a while. It's a it's an invitational type of event that they do once a month, right? Something like that. 
Every couple months. Yeah. And then on 420, they kind of do, do they always have bands play for it or or not? Typically, yeah. Sometimes, Typically? Sometimes not, but the last, like, few have. How did the one that we just did on 420 compare to the ones that, that you guys normally had there? Um, I couldn't say on the past ones because they've just been, like, there was a huge gap between doing them. Okay. So there's been two that have been, like, in this format. And the other band was, I forget who opened because they came on late, but the band that was, like, doing it was Green Druid. You know them? Oh, Green Druid's rad. Yeah, they're real tight. Yeah. You probably – it was probably, like, the same amount of bodies in there. But I'm I'm going to tell you, those dudes smoked a little more weed. <laughs> oh, dude. Cause you, we cause barely smoke weed. You got homeboys that are, like – they got to work or they're in the military or something or they got kids or they got to drive back to Commerce City and shit. Yeah, yeah. You guys had a crowd full of people that enjoy weed – they have a crowd of people that if they can smoke in fucking doors, that's like a meaningful experience. So it was just, it was billowing out the fucking... Essentially, yeah. yeah. I The next day, my throat was sore Everybody's after that show. Everybody's sore after our show. That's what I've heard. Their Logan, throats were sore? Yeah, everybody's got a sore throat right now. You guys were in the mix, though. I was a door guy both times. Oh. So, like, you guys were in the thick of shit. That time I was a door guy. Every oh. everybody at, this time I was a door guy too, but like everybody at ours yeah, was yeah. more or less a casual smoker, except for like the regular Barbosa brothers, pe- the the regular Atomic Doobie Saturday Night people. They smoke a gang of weed. Tony smokes a gang of weed. I smoke very little weed. I don't know if Logan smoked any. I know Ty barely smokes it. So he like, does it all. Um, so yeah, so I guarantee we didn't smoke as much of, weed a as a lot of little roaches on on stage afterwards um, on the piano. Yeah, those those I I forgot were there, and then the next <laughs> morning sorry. I was like, oh shit, I remember there were some joints on that. I'm sorry. Um, but I didn't care enough to like let anybody know. <laughs> I was just like, uh, I'll Somebody get in at noon, <laughs> and like they were there at noon when I got there. <laughs> but that was pretty funny. I the, the uh, thing yeah, that I like, that. Yeah, like that's not crazy. Someone left a, a dab rig there the other day. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> a I couple mean, of roaches isn't weird. That place rules. Man. I mean, be, cool. being being a casual smoker, it was less about being able to hang out and smoke weed in, inside as it was about like doing a chill ass living room style show. Like I didn't, it I felt didn't like a house party. I didn't do yeah. the costume. With no booze though. You know, but yeah, I, with no I, booze. I had, some people had booze. I, I yeah, but I, I had a Jumex and maybe squirt. The entire time, I, st- I still like went to the bar to get a drink, but it was just Jumex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I finish it, need another drink, another. Got full. Next time, shooter. bring a shooter. You know, well, I didn't something care. to pitch uh, into uh, the Jumex. Well, we read no. the no the no booze roll on, on you're the, the event. band though. Oh, yeah, oh, you're the band. I didn't need all. We're that. a band that that believes following rules is well. That's not a rule. The that recipe they for a healthy you. society. Ty had a beer. The other the other <laughs> band had, members had, had beer, beer, and they were telling their friends to bring beers. Dude, <laughs> by the way, Hangman's Hymnal is my Dude, new favorite oh my fucking band in town. I don't want to pay a compliment to Braden, a coworker at Mutiny, but I have to. That Jesus. band, sick. that band is so good. I like. I haven't, and I swear to God, I haven't considered not doing a show because the band before us was too good in a very long time, like if ever. <laughs> but watching those guys play, I was like, dude, I kind of want to go home now. Like well, it, was this, all, it was also two in the morning. Yeah, well, it, it was, was also, also two really in the morning. Late. If it had been ten o'clock, I would have been like, all right, cool, cool. it's game time. But at two o'clock in the morning, I was like. That's a good enough they were, show they for were everybody. They were really good. They were then, amazing. And then Braden's fingers are moving fast. I'm like, fast moving fingers is my thing. Dude. Fast fuck. moving fingers is my thing. The, the, it, it, just the <laughs> level of musicianship, the songrunning. So and 
so gracious and so kind and complimentary. Like yeah. I went, uh, I went up on stage effortless, effortlessly, dude. I went up on like stage. You did saying effortlessly, dude. <laughs> like you saying anything, really. <laughs> like, but when I went up on stage to like uh, thank Abe and like say, dude, amazing show and whatnot, he like at the same time is like, dude, I love your band. Like that's nice. Like you know, that's a good feeling when you like see a group of musicians you really respect. Thank you. And don't and look at them in the eye. and you. it's like it's like hold on, we're gonna go outside and blow each other after the show. Just we'll, we'll get to it. But right now, let's like avoid eye contact and play it cool. That's it, how Queen and Bowie got that song written. Is <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, you're so good. It's like on. Th- you're so good. No, you're so- no, you're so good. You're so- no, you're so good. No, you're so good. Let's just go hey, outside and blow each other. Let's go blow each other, and then we'll record a song. Or no, you know what? Let's blow each other and record us blowing each other. Hey, Under uh, Pressure is actually what it sounds like when David Bowie and Freddie Mercury perform fellatio on each other in an alley outside of a coffee that's shop. That's beautiful. Hey, that's Freddie, true. would you lift your hips? <laughs> you really got terrible, me under pressure. That's a terrible Oh, that's David the song Bo- now. <laughs> Was that a good Bowie impression? Hey there, I'm David <laughs> Bowie, and I'm about to write a song with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Somebody was there to record the noises. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tip of a ball sack in your mouth. Yeah. What age listeners do you have? Press up. <laughs> Raining down on me. <laughs> all over my tits and my belly. Neither one had tits. <clears throat> David Bowie, I think, could probably push. He's one of those those freaky, like, hollow chest guys that could, like, he could push his. Push him together like Tony was in the big yeah. drug shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who uh, named Freddie could David Spade team up with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be the picture for the episode. Uh, Gordo man. just oh, showed man. a picture of t- that I just referenced. It's already on Tony. Instagram. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> What's your handle, t- uh, Gordo? Gordon Leadfoot. Yeah. <laughs> ah, dude, I think I've seen you post, Yeah, man. follow, follow at Gordon Leadfoot on Instagram to see uh, Tony's tits Oh, wait, together. dude, you a solo artist under that name? I am. Tight, dog. I've heard of you. In that yeah. sense, as well as the other senses, everyone does Gordo's everyone know what he does. Everyone that listens to the Gordo's a treasure. Like Gordo, Gordo has Granny Tweed, and he has his label. Granny Tweed sounds has... like the lady that makes those edibles for you. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> she Granny Tweed, <laughs> and uh, and he also has Gordon Ledfoot his solo stuff, which is brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. Look up Gordon Ledfoot. Check out his stuff. Thanks, guys. Um, do you guys want to take a quick break? Yeah, and then uh, I think we're gonna call your brother. Because I listened to the new, um, I listened to the new Blind Staggers record, and cool. I want to call your brother and tell him what I think about it. So uh, let's take a quick things. break, he call and we'll be things. right back. <laughs> but I, 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 th- I think what my favorite thing about. Um, that thing was is the the Barbosa brothers thing, the thing at Mutiny. My favorite part of it was it was just like it was like hanging out at in the basement at your dad's house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your dad. Minus my dad. My dad minus was there. the ex- yes. Like minus the gross amounts of booze, but like just like hanging out, smoking weed, playing music with your friends, like cracking jokes, you know, no pressure type of no frills under, rip. It was under pressure. pressure. Raining in down my basement. balls <laughs> in your dad's basement. <laughs> Glad he's balls. not here. <laughs> <laughs> no one should ever have to see their son, Ejack, is what I'm saying. <laughs> 
How does it make you feel that you're going to see your son's Ejack when? Because I mean, someday he's gonna be jizzing on your furniture. <laughs> oh man, he's gonna be jizzing on, <laughs> dude. He's gonna jizz on everything that you bought him. Like, <laughs> like you're gonna find it on the walls and shit, man. Now that's, that's gonna funny. be your kid for sure. Oh, dude. <laughs> Kids, I can't believe your kid's I'm gonna, crib's not covered in jizz already. <laughs> yeah, my kid will jerk off like it I is. do, like Dexter. Like, he'll lay out, like, a, a bunch of, like, pla- lay out plastic, <laughs> duct tape it to the walls, and he can't be found out. So so you, you lay <laughs> like out. Like, his dad caught him once too early. <laughs> He's like, listen, you're different. He's going to teach me how to do it right from then on. He's going to teach you to, to quit from being, to keep from being exposed as a psychopathic masturbator. <laughs> Oh man! Now do you that's do, going in my act now, everybody. That was you, a pretty good riff. Do you do a big monologue every time you're about to jack off in a room covered with plastic in one of your in one of your murder rooms? I always I always bring somebody along that shouldn't, so it gets me in trouble later. Do like you, Julia Stiles? Or do do you John only goes son? <laughs> do you only jack off in front of people who are like bad people and deserve to be jacked off in front of? Truthfully, I only jack off with my thumb over the eye of my phone. You only. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have Trump watch. I wouldn't. I never worried about this under Obama. A little, a little piece of painter's tape. <laughs> a little piece of painter's yeah. tape. I just actually put the painter's tape. I don't on want my Edward Snowden to watch me masturbate. <laughs> He's still figuring it out in prison. I know. I know. <laughs> the Trump campaign wants to see my wiener. Truthfully, though, I'm pretty sure my son will catch me before I catch him. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, definitely. He just won't know. He's like, what are you doing? Playing dice, kid? <laughs> Can you teach me <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> and yeah, speaking of playing dice, you're taking a real gamble coming in daddy's room without knocking. <laughs> this isn't your room. This is the shed. It's, it's 4 p.m. and you're supposed to be mowing. Dad, it's your car and you're driving me to school. <laughs> <laughs> Quick shout out to our sponsors. <laughs> First and foremost, our most venereal, uh, venerable sponsor, Matula Plumbing. Matula! Des Plaines, Illinois, shit rolls downhill, don't be at the bottom. Our Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Jerry Matula, he'll wear the booties for you. That's why he won Angie's List Super Server Award back in 2011, the only year that matters. Jerry Matula, Matula Plumbing, Des Plaines, Illinois. Hit him up, get your pipes cleaned, and tell Jerry the boys sent you. Evergroove Studio, in the in the shadows of the Black Mountain region of Evergreen, Colorado, there is a studio which is totally solar-powered, <coughs> has state-of-the-art equipment, and producing engineers to help you make your project fucking amazing. Go see Brad and Jenny and the Ethans and... And all and and Skyler and all the amazing people who make Evergroove the dopest studio in the state of Colorado. Nay, the nation. Nay, the planet. Nay, the universe. Nay, the multiverse. Solar powered. I already said that though. That's fine. Uh, you gotta. I think you gotta call attention to that. It's very cool that their recording studio is solar powered, man. That's neat. Check out what they're up to, man. They started doing live streaming for Itchio oh. shows. Because uh, Brad also does front of house for Itchio, and um, 
and uh, they've they're like releasing live streams to um, some of their Patreon subscribers, and uh, it's pretty cool technology. I think we're gonna start fucking around with it too. So. Go see Brad and Jenny about your next project. There is no studio doper than Evergroup. From Itchio to Itchy Bros, if you guys sign. Hey. You've all got herpes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Ew. we should call ourselves the Itchy Bro Marching Band, man. Uh, you guys need to get rid of three members, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. the same amount of number as they do. I'm just kidding. I tease. There's the right amount of number They've of you guys. They've got 50 people There's in There's not there, a man. crazy amount of number of you. Y'all, y'all aren't like... Shoot, my new favorite band. Oh, guys, I just I, mean, I just want to share with you this sure. sweet nugget I learned yesterday. Uh, I was working uh, with my homie Jake Becker, funny dude, uh, Mutiny Comics uh, aficionado guy. He, uh, We were listening to Oh, Sheila. You know that song? Oh, oh, oh Sheila, man, I love you till the morning comes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that band is called Ready for the World. And they're, like, the dopest fucking band ever, dude. We played their best hits, and, like, it just turned out to be, like, some of the tightest music. But it's another band of, like, just, like, six or seven dudes, maybe up to nine at points. I would have loved to have been in in uh, P-Funk. There's, like, 50 people in that band. Oh, yeah, you probably still could be. Like, there, yeah. yeah I you pro- actually might be. I might be and not know it. <laughs> like, I walk, <laughs> I go to a P-Funk show. They're like, oh, cool, that guy in our band made it. He doesn't know he's in the band. You're definitely in that band for hey, sure. Hey, so like if you smoke crack at a P-Funk show, can you say that you smoke crack with the band since they're probably smoking crack at the same moment that you're smoking crack? Yeah, I think that's why Sublime was popular. Everybody was doing heroin. Oh. Nine to ten people thought it was about weed, though. Yeah. I smoked two <coughs> joints of heroin. Oh, Dude, was the yeah. original title of that song. That's not even that many joints of heroin. <laughs> the original was like, I <laughs> smoke two up. joints of heroin in the morning. I smoke two joints of heroin at night. And the label was just like, there's just too many words. Yeah. So we're going to cut out heroin, but we think people will know what you're talking about. Because you, you are clearly joints. a heroin addict. <laughs> uh, oh, the other song of theirs is, uh, I need to throw it in there because it's the real banger. It's, uh, I want to love you down. <laughs> you remember that? Y'all, I know he does. It's a tight jam. That's Let a good jam. Let me love you down. It's right before two people uh, make love in a movie, uh, you know, probably like Love and Basketball or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want My dad to had love that record. you down. Does, oh, I do know the song. I want to track that shit down, dude. It's a, anyways, great band. I just want to plug him real quick. Uh, I'll get the next, <laughs> they're, they're, the next one. They're an honorary sponsor for this next episode. Couple. Love you down. <laughs> Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Oh, yeah, they're great. In Denver, Colorado, the official practice space of motherfucking Ruckus. And like all the other bands, yeah, Rocket Space. bands practice there for show, everyone. I'm going to yeah, run your yeah. ad. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to like hop in your ad and just uh, hate. What's your favorite part about Rocket Space, Corey? Uh, that having drums available. I'm not even the drummer, but uh, as. Don't have to carry shit. Yeah. Rocket to, Space yeah. Rehearsal Studios. You ain't got to carry shit. Cables. Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh. Cables you can Dude, use. Dude, they have, ca- they have cables in the hall. They cables have everything available. All you got to do is car. show up and give them a little bit of a scratch. Little bit of cash. You don't have to show up with anything. You don't have to carry shit. Oh, I'm a vocalist. <laughs> I, don't need to I bring my joke. harmonicas once in a while. Harmonica like w- once in a while. Harmonica. Once in a while. My fucking wallet's bigger than your harmonica, man. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I don't know. My wallet's pretty thick, and I can play my wallet. Nice. My, my wallet's a B flat, <laughs> so I never use it on anything. Because there's never anything in yeah, it. Because it can't be stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nug Nation 
Studios, the Nug Nation Studios here in Denver, Colorado. That's where we do the motherfucking podcast every week. Uh, thenugnation.com is where you can go to see the latest episodes of the Nug Nation. And uh, uh, all those wacky nugs and all their crazy adventures and shenanigans in the real life town of Nugville, Colorado. It's like like South Park, Colorado, but if South Park, Colorado was made of weed. Featuring Wii, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, featuring featuring guest appearances by Leonardo DiCaprio and, and the world famous Bong Burgundy. What the fuck are you talking about, Aaron? And I'm talking about the Nug Nation. Ounce for ounce, the best homegrown comedy in years. Big stuff coming from the Nug Nation very soon. We're going to be very excited to make some announcements. In the meantime, check out, uh, get caught up on all the episodes by going to thenugnation.com. Flipside music. All the stuff you want, none of the stuff you don't. Like, like distill down all the big box stores to only the primo shit, and you've got Flipside music. Uh, Go in, check out their selection of guitars, amps pedals and just the knowledge of my man Ike there behind the counter. Flipside Music, Denver, Colorado. Make sure to tell Ike the boys sent you. And last but most, all you bad motherfuckers who back us on patreon.com slash mfruckus. You guys are fucking amazing. Uh, Patrons pay a small monthly contribution in exchange for early access to everything that the band puts out, uh, exclusive content, uh, just stuff that we don't release to the world, and pretty much the uh, the band thread. Like I send stuff to the band, and then I send it send it to our patrons, all for a small recurring contribution, and uh, they help us do the podcast. They help <laughs> us do our web series. They help us do pretty much everything that this band does. So thank you, thank you, thank you. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash mfruckus. Now, uh, via telephone, we have a uh, recurrent guest on the show, Tony's brother from the Blind Staggers, the one and only Damian Christian Wilburn on the show hey, via bro. telephone. How you doing, man? Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, Aaron. Congratulations, man. Oh, thank you. I haven't talked to you since. D- Damien. He heard about the 420 show you guys just did. Yeah, yeah he was like, congrats, dude. <laughs> dude, you nailed it. Congrats. <laughs> congrats. You killed it last night, right? Oh, awesome. uh, no, Damien, Damien told me <laughs> that he he wanted to call and congratulate about the baby, but he knows that I'm, I'm busy, so he hasn't called. Vic it's like, G it's called. Like, I never, I never have to be. Yeah, Vic G fucking called Sarah, my one of my best friends. He had to use a payphone. Yeah, <laughs> where the fuck did he find one? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do appreciate the thought though, man. I love you of a lot. Of course. Man. Ask Tony. I said, I said it twice to him. I was like, I want to give him a call, but I know he's busy. Yeah, I'll uh, just wait a little bit longer. You know, I have been busy, but we've had a ton of help, and and I've still been able to do stuff, and and we've been seeing people, and it's been great, man. So many people have been helping us out. So that's I, excellent, buddy. It takes a village. Yeah. I know, I know firsthand. It yeah. takes a village. I, so I like. Well, I know you know. You guys have like one of the most unique families I've ever seen in the world. It's really incredible. So. <laughs> Um, so I, I accidentally got the link to your record. Yeah. Tony accidentally roped me into the Dropbox link for your well, unfinished for record you. that was only That's supposed to be between phone. the band. And I thought that you were just sending me a link to a new thing that you were working on. And I sent you a text saying, hey, are you just – because I hadn't listened to it yet, so I thought it was a demo or something. So I said, hey uh, – Hey, uh, what are you sending me? Some of your fucking brilliance to make me feel bad about myself? And da 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 da. You said, "No, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. It's not done." Da da da. 
And I was like, why would he be getting so worked up about me listening to one fucking demo? I open up the folder, it's your entire new album, man. <laughs> and so I wanted to I wanted to call you up and tell you that rough. I have listened to it. And I just, as your friend, I want to say, please don't put this album out. <laughs> just, no, seriously, please do not put this album out. Because if you do... My entire career is just going to become a fucking footnote on your epic ass, man. Oh, please. Dude, Damien, that album is so fucking good. It's good. It It is so good. It is like one of the best things I have heard somebody make in a long time. It's fucking one one? banger after another. There is no filler on that fucking record. Everything sounds so good. The production is great. The writing is fucking incredible. I am like, like we were talking before we started the podcast today, me and Corey, about just like the 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 tenuous line between pride and jealousy in your friend's creations, (laughs) and just like it's like. You feel so proud of someone that it makes you mad that you're so proud of them because it's so good. And you're like, God damn it. Why do you have to be so fucking good? I'm nothing. You're so amazing. No, dude, seriously. It is such a I good I have record. had that feeling about you. Oh, oh go on, Pasha. Go on. No, I um no, I haven't gotten all the way through it, so the last three songs could be total garbage. So Oh they're yeah. not. They're oh not. they're not. No. They're actually those are the best ones. Not. It's so good, dude. Like uh, man, you guys do need to do a uh a live acoustic version of Grandma though, with some wicked some bitchin' fucking harmonies between you and Laura. Definitely need to do that for sure. That was probably my favorite song off the album so far. You know what's funny? Uh, see, bro? That's one of the oldest songs. That song has tried and hit and miss multiple times in the studio. I love and that. This song. time it is fucking awesome. So it needs a choir though. Yeah. And well, see, it's got the Mellotron doing the choir. Oh, it does have the Mellotron doing the choir. That's right. Well, yeah, you need to turn was, up that, that Mellotron the Shrek then. Special right there, dude. That Shrek was all about that Mellotron, and I was like, why is he so hell bent on this specific instrument? And, Mellotrons uh, are great, I dude. Know why. Mellotrons are great. We use we use Mellotron on the new Ruckus album. Yeah, dude, it, it definitely did thing. <clears throat> well, I just too. I just wanted to call and and tell you really how proud I am of you guys. Well, and, thank you and, very much. And it's it's an incredible record. And I know you said it got sent to me accidentally, and it's not done. So, yeah. <laughs> so da- Damien's sending me over what the mixes are like this is the first draft of mixes and then it's going to get re- remixed right you're going into first revisions you're going into your first revision so I, but I, I you know i download it to my dropbox which is the ruckus dropbox right and Damien calls me up and he goes you're letting Aaron listen to it before you even get a chance to listen to it you know I'm just trying to download the thing fight fight, well, fight. I, I am better at you listening know. to stuff than tony is hey look i don't know about you guys i listen to it four first times, time i hear anything i've made i hate it immediately of course I hate it. It's because you I participated in the like... experience of making it. What was that? I can't hear you. It's 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 because you participated in the experience of making it. Absolutely. So I hear it, and I'm like, oh, I, need, I don't like it. I don't like it. And then immediately send it out to the band, and then I see that you have it, and I'm like, motherfuckers, you haven't listened to it yet? You know how terrible this is? Well, it's that, it's, <laughs> that art, it's that artist curse thing. As you're making something, you get better at making the thing that you're making, so you're listening to it from a perspective that is like a capture in time. It's like looking back at a picture of you that was like you when you – 
didn't like yourself or you didn't like something about yourself. You're yeah, looking at that haircut. Way. You're like, oh my God, I look so much better now and I learned to dress and I was such an idiot back then. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. assume that you look at a lot of pictures of yourself and feel shame. That's <laughs> really... No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, Damien was with the style. No, Damien has always no, been... I'm the one that had the bad dressed. Damien has <laughs> always been... Well, there's pictures of you circulating around of, of Tony Lee, the yo-yo master. Like Tony in Janko yeah. jeans, yeah. Oh, in Janko yeah. jeans. Oh no, 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 not Janko. There were uh, pipes. Lee pipes. pipes. Yeah, there were Lee, Lee pipes. pipes. Tearing up. Oh my god. The mall yo-yo circuit, dude. <laughs> Absolutely crushing it. Crushing it. Tony, Gotta get the bumblebee the butterfly. The turbo dude, bumblebee. The... Go what? ahead, Damien. Go for it, bro. I'm saying you as a small child is like, oh, I'm gonna fucking play guitar. I'm gonna go in as a child and play these things. I'll crush it, yo yo. Yeah, I'm just gonna go to these mall competitions, crush it. Like, did you call? Growing up with them. Did you call your groupies yo yo maws? <laughs> <laughs> or is that like what your mom was being like? There's yeah, soccer yeah. moms and then there's yo yo maws. Yo yo maws. Yeah. Well, fuck, dude. It, 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 All right, dude. I uh, I'm I'm really proud of the record. Um, Thank you very I'll, much. I'm gonna call you before practice because there's something else I want to talk to you about with relationship to the record, and okay, uh, cool. and and I'll hit you up. But um, yeah, man, just I I wanted I wanted to make you feel bad for a half a second and then just gush over how fucking amazing I think your work is. So thank you very much. Of course, I appreciate it. of course, man. And now, hey, like now, I want to like delete our album and start something Fuck new. That man, yeah, get no. it real, dude. No. Rips, I'm we're, sure. we're excited for it, but I just right. I'm super impressed. I love you. Table, I'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, All right. love Later. you guys. Love, love you too, Later. Yeah, man. He man. said he loved me. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Eat. Fucking I mean, weird, dude. He said he loved me. Man, Laura crushed it on that record. So good. Man, she sounds. Yeah, so he just threw it around like it was nothing. Just like I love you. It's like it, it, this is all meaning if you're saying it to someone that you just met. Didn't even meet. Eh, well, we might have. We might have hit it off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just knew some of those things. You know, <laughs> there's energies know. that you just can't deny. Uh, okay. So, blood. What, how, how much time we got left? I don't know. How much time we got left? What time we got? Time for one more, right? Oh, let me load her up. Okay. One for time for one more. Oh bowl. yeah, we got we got twenty five minutes, so that's perfect amount of time to uh, talk to you about the main life thing I want. Kind of. Life and death. I want to get okay, a, okay, I want to okay. get a little deep about it, and that is so. I've become um, <laughs> very fascinated with the changes that occur in people as they become parents, especially people who are like rock parents. You know, we really only fans of the rock. Like, well, just and when I when rock I use the when I use the, the term <laughs> when I use the term rock parents, it's it's kind of just generally referring to like the people from our generation who have chosen to make parenting a continuation of their already existing personality rather than falling back on necessarily what they were taught by the generation that came before. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like, it's like the people who are like... Absolutely. Like, this kind of modern idea of parenting of, like, I'm a parent, but I'm still me, and I'm going to still keep doing my shit, and I want my kid to come up and see see me playing in a band, or see me doing comedy, or seeing me own a coffee shop and record store, or seeing me do art. Like, you, you're seeing a lot more of, like, the fucking hipster parents. You know what I mean? Like, our... Our generation, though they are mostly having kids later in life, are starting to have kids now. So you're seeing a lot more people from our world having kids. So I've been having 
I've been trying to get a lot of guests on the show that are also fucking rock dads to kind of get perspective from people who are a little further down the road than I am to get an idea of, of what that experience is like for different people. And I get a lot of different responses from a lot of different, a lot of different people. And I know you're nine months in, you still, you still work for ratio, you know, working for an independent brewery. You still work for mutiny, which, you know, mutiny transmissions, by the way, forgot to give a shout out to mutiny, mutiny information, cafe Two South Broadway books, records, coffee, live events, and, uh, sometimes top secret smokeout shows that we go play at and they're super, we won a Westward award for best podcast network. Did you really? Yeah. Hey, that includes us kind of. You guys I mean, were probably mentioned in it, maybe. I, I don't remember. I tried not to get too into it. Like, we do consider ourselves more... a mutiny transmission, even though we're not on the website. We, I've still been, I emailed, is that John? We just couldn't figure it out. Just yeah. couldn't figure it out. I think it might reference you back, back to it. I'll see if I can figure it out now. We'll get, it, we'll get it figured we out. Can get it, we can get it squared but, away. But that's very, so, West, best of Westward. Best podcast network, Mutiny Transmissions, including our podcast, which is fucking awesome. Best producer in the game, everybody, right That's here. Right. Gordo is That's right. our top producer and uh, nailing it. Yeah. So so how so I guess the, the big questions are you know, the big three, like how was it before? How is it now? And what's the biggest takeaway that that from it that you've gathered like what's the what's the biggest theme like the big picture of what you've learned from the whole thing like where you were where you are now nine months into being a dad and still trying to do do your thing because you're still you're working for mutiny you're working for ratio you're still doing comedy pretty full time uh well I mean, full time is a weird. How much are you getting? Tough. How much stage time are you getting a week? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say how much are you getting paid. No, how much stage time are you? Getting? <laughs> no, I mean, he wanted to get deep, you know. Yeah, that's like asking how much we're getting paid. So, so that that figure is different every month, I'd say. But I would say in the last six months, the way maybe some of my work ethic or decision making that that has paid off more than it did maybe for a year before that. Do you think it made you get more serious about your craft? More serious about the way I spend my time, I think. Right. Right. Making better, like, like because you have to focus on the quality over the quantity. Like, it's like... So, yeah, the quality. Um, I've got an hour while this kid is asleep. Yeah. So, I can I can get those emails out, or I, I have to, like, get in touch with that person, or I have to write, you know, during this time. I mean, a big part of it, he he's... He's he's something I deal with just gladly, you know, happy little boy. But right. I have to think more maybe about when I'm spending my free time, when I can spend it with him or my wife, who's a nurse. So she works kind of weird hours. So if she's at work, I'm with the little dude for like 14 hours, right. like 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., which essentially means at 8 p.m. I've got to make a choice if I want to like try to spend the next hour with my wife and then stay stay there all night and be like the right kind of husband or whatever that – spends three hours with his sleeping son and sleeping wife until I'm ready to go to bed whenever, or do I sneak out and be a comic? Not sneak out. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like <laughs> pushing the car so out of the you, driveway. You have, you have a very small window of time that you have to work with. Yeah. So I have to, I, I honestly don't do a whole lot of open mics anymore. And that's just because I don't maybe write a whole lot of material that's just not already a layup. So, like I said, I'm doing a lot of dad jokes. Those are pretty easy jokes. I mean, like, 
great. Joking about not like dad jokes. <laughs> so not like jokes about but like, jokes about the, f- the jokes the about fatherly being a father. Experience. Not not dad jokes, which is maybe something I'd done in like dad jokes are something that just happen. You know, everything right. can be a dad joke if it's you know goofy enough. But jokes about being a dad is just layup ass material that I've. I've been working on since he was born that just gets me by. Right. Um, don't do a lot of mics, but now I'm at a point where my kid is easier to deal with. So I've been going to do more open mics than normal. So I've got a few more few more jokes, and I fucking need to have those jokes because I've also started booking a couple of different shows. Booking meaning like working with a couple of people. Matt Kobos, uh, he and I do a lot of just shows in general together, but book a lot of shows, do a lot of work together. We book that marquee show. So we're constantly just, like, having to write new jokes every month. Like, we refuse to repeat jokes. We refuse to, like... So you're woodshedding through those shows rather than woodshedding through the open mics as much. Well, now I'm woodshedding for that show. Okay. So, like, you're doing that on the open mics? You're, like, you're, you're working out your, your bits and stuff like that for the big show in the open mics? Essentially, or you're doing yes. That at home? So, like, um, before... You know, uh, I would have to, like, just do do this stuff at home or when I had free time. Babies are a little bit more of a chore, maybe between age, like, I don't know, two to seven months seem to just be very stressful where it's like, I'm not fucking writing any jokes right now. Um, I can cruise on these easy dad jokes. And then we started doing this show. It was just monthly at the marquee, and there's three hosts. And it's like, if we're coming up every month and doing five to ten minutes – we just got to be fresh, be good at it. So it forces you to have to work. Having that more. deadline, like putting that yeah. pressure on yourself. Yeah, that's important. There's that these dudes important. in town. They're the Grolics. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of the funniest dudes ever. Andrew Orverdahl, uh, Adam Caton Hall, and Ben Roy. They had a show that they did 10 minutes every month. Never repeated material. It was like, we got to do what they did. Like, if we're going to try to run a show to 200, 250 max venue, like, we've got to fucking bring it. So that essentially, once I started booking, like, essentially I was just, like, booking stuff that made me have to step my game up regardless of having a kid. So now it's just, like, doing doing shows at ratio is essentially, like, a nice breeding ground for jokes where it's a new crowd every week usually. And I can essentially get on there every couple of weeks now that I'm one of the producers of that. So essentially this, this Wednesday we'll be doing a show. Kobos and I are just hosting it together because we work well as a team and... That's a fun room that has a different host essentially every week. But now I can, you know, do that, hone some material, build it up, and then go crush that one marquee show that I do. Right. And then I do that, and then more bookings kind of come from that. So it's just its own little circular beast that when 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 I can make time for it, like, and I don't know how to do that as a dad exactly, but I'm feeling it out now. I'm making a yeah, good rhythm. Out, yeah. So what is the biggest difference during that two to seven month period that you talked about that because keep in mind I'm not even to one month yet. oh yeah he, yeah the, just I don't know maybe every baby is different but essen- essentially it's just needy sort of thing like and plus the the kind of guilt about leaving him to go right fart around maybe for but oftentimes not for money but now I'm also making more decisions where I've turned shows down that don't right. offer me money and like my friend Andres Besseril a very funny comic he had a kid maybe three and a half years ago, Dominic, sweet boy. Um, he He's, like, such a good influence to me as a dad because he's, like, so passionate when he talks about how he is as a father. He's, like, he gets real heated in such a fun, passionate way where he's, like, he's, like, and I won't fucking do a show if they're not going to pay me on a night that I've got my son. And I'm, like, fuck yeah, dude, that's cool. He's, like, why would I spend my time there and do a free show when I could be with him? 
I've noticed I've noticed a lot of friends of mine, um, and 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 this applies to a lot of things, but uh, there's something about having boundary conditions that causes you to focus on what's really important, like and to just instantaneously prioritize things. You know what I mean? But know that you want to keep doing your art and making stuff happen. I mean, small example, you and I were talking about Tony living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. All right. So him him living in Chicago ended up wanting, being one of the best things for us because we turned down all but the the top-notch gigs. And so as a result, it caused us to mostly get top-notch gigs because, you know, someone sees that we're playing with this band or we're doing this show or we have this big show and it's a big event. You know, like, the, the, it's it's more feeding the cycle of those that reputation of being like we don't play every weekend we only play once in a while when we do it's usually something (coughs) big so having those boundary conditions put us in this part place where we had to like prioritize things and all my friends that i've seen become fathers they because they and any chance that i have i want to be hanging out with my dude and my lady yeah. You know, I want I want to be hanging out with them, and I'm I'm very fortunate that I get to have this this time away from work to be able to do that. And at the same time, Sarah and I have it worked out where, like Mondays are the day that I need to go out and do band shit, and anything else I can do with you guys, I'm happy to I'm happy to work hard to keep that together. But let's let's agree that we each have our thing that we like to do. And and that we're going to need time to get away to do those things. You know That's what I mean? important. Yeah. So I've seen it happen with a lot of my friends who who have kids, where they're able to the the ones who keep doing their shit. There's of course the ones who just go, well, I'm a dad now, so I have to give up everything. But the ones who seem to keep it going and who actually end up having a lot of success from it, it's like having a kid kind of causes you to knock off the bullshit and get serious about the the twenty percent of your craft that really does eighty percent of the results and oh, really yeah. matters the most. So, have you? Um, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you have to deal with on uh, on a week to week basis? Like real tangible challenge that you have to deal with on a week to week week basis as far as doing your work and and being a dad and reconciling that. Uh, God, this is this is the worst answer. Uh, work harder to make my wife happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's a pretty perfect answer. I think any other answer would be selfish, because she she puts in a lot of work and maybe doesn't take as much time for fun. But I'm I make my money fucking having fun though. She makes her money doing a beautiful thing, delivering babies. It rules. I make my money fucking playing. Punk rock music to right. shithead service industry people right. on Mondays at 10 p.m. at the Matchbox. <laughs> nice no requests. Nice plug. Right. <laughs> um, no, I make money absolutely. doing that, dude. I make money doing comedy, and uh, I get paid to host. I get paid most of my shows. One slipped by the other day. It was okay. It was a 311 roast, and I did great. <laughs> Pretty sure it was in front of 311's manager. I'm trying to get on the cruise. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it was worth doing it for free. No, that's and, and that's <laughs> something that um, that has certainly come up as a point of contention is, so 
I have arranged my life such that it is geared around making the thing I like to do work. You're real bro Rogan. So, so Joe Brogan. What so, are we doing, bro Rogan? <laughs> bro Brogan, bro. <laughs> um, bro, I was listening to bro Brogan the other day, and bro, he said, Alex uh, Jones was on it. He was talking about how you're going to be a bro. And how you're Alex Brogan, bro, you're not going to be a bro. Alex Brogan was on it. <laughs> Selling his creatine supplements. Um, no, but, uh, but, so all the things that I do to make money are related to like the industry that I'm in is related to setting up the band to be able to work. So like flexibility in a job is a top priority for me. And I've got, I've got good ways that I make money on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just joking. Everyone. Sarah works for the fucking iBank and pulls people's eyeballs out for a living and does like, like yeah. serious hard work, right? Yeah, that's and intense. It's yeah. seriously, it's very, very intense, and so it's 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 a very similar thing where it's like you have to give bandwidth and space for the fact that it it is an enviable position to make your money having like getting paid to have fun even if it's just like working at a coffee shop or, or or doing whatever so there's the like you have to show to them that you are working hard and that you are pulling the weight and you, that you are contributing so that oh, yeah. they don't get so mad about the, the like be like and 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 Sarah has flat out said I will say flat out that I envy and I am jealous of how you are able to make money because I've got to go deal with grieving families and pull people's fucking <laughs> eyeballs out to bring a check home. So you have to like have patience for that and be like, and not be like, "Hey, you know, I worked pretty hard this week too." You know, man, I had to like play a Blink One Eighty Two Green Day some Forty One back to back to back. I was like, not passing anyone off. I was like listening to fucking Metallica and Maiden on the PA, and my boss came in and he like totally turned it off and put widespread panic on. Like I'm like. <sighs> This fucking place, <laughs> like you, you can't, you can't bitch about your job the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. She'll never get it, man. So are She's you never gonna get this? Are you planning to? Uh, it, do you think that besides just doing what you've called the layup jokes about being a dad, do you think that becoming a parent has changed the kind of uh, subject matter that you're willing to talk about? Has it changed your sense of humor? I think today's culture kind of has. Not you think today's it, like okay now I could I could see where today's culture has has modified what you might say on stage you know for fear of recrimination it's more of a pride thing like right like I don't need to take like I think I'm funnier than making fun of somebody who is like I don't know Easy black yeah. <laughs> right a post op or anything like oh. it's like why make fun of these why why I mean if I can't think of something in that, that's more clever. That's, that's more clever than that, or that pertains to my existence. Then I, it's just not my territory. Like I, I don't need to make jokes about anything that are. doesn't, you know, involve me directly. And it, I've just seen too many low blows about midgets. You know, like yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Oh, that's not. That was a fucking god damn it. You can't even avoid puns with midgets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're part of the problem. Uh, yeah. I just, I just, I, I've never really made jokes I think that have been that somebody would be like that's politically incorrect but you know I do joke about a no I was I almost spoiled I have a joke about distracting cops by putting peanut butter on my balls and <laughs> the, 
<laughs> the joke is that my dog licks it off and the cops get distracted, but the actual joke, it makes you think that, but then it's like, but then the cops licked it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the joke. But, like, I'll, I'll joke about that, but, like, yeah, it's not my place to be like, uh, Polacks have big foreheads. I'm Polish. I could say that. But, right, right, right. You know. It's like you do have I, a big forehead. It's, it's just the bald head. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the non-hair. But yeah. Um, but today's society, I guess it was. It made me think more about that. It's like, yeah, I guess I don't need to poke fun at that sort of shit, or just like be be clever. Think of something that to pertains what, to you. To yeah. what degree do you think the the political correctness it goes too far? Is there any point of it that you think does go too far? There was a dude that wrote for Saturday Night Live that when he did like a college which is the worst thing comedians can do. It's like going to a liberal right. arts school and expecting to talk about things that mean something to you. But he was he made a clever joke about somebody else, maybe of color, I forget what it was, but a great joke, comedically... Like, funny is funny. It was a funny joke. Comedically great, on paper great, but, you know, like, somebody in the school didn't like it. They took him off stage, and, like, that was, like, a big deal. Like, not even... He didn't finish his set. It was supposed to be like an hour. You go and do a college for an hour. What comic was it? Do you know? I forget his name, but he was he was a person of color making another like joke about it. And I mean, we could track it down. It'd be easy. A to, per, uh, did you hear about what happened to Norm Macdonald? No. A bunch of people went after Norm Macdonald because he made he was on, I want to say um, Howard Stern or something like that, and he made or he he was on some show and he was doing an interview. And uh, he he was talking about a fellow uh, comic and something they said and how a bunch of people were getting up in arms about it. And he was going to say, you would have to be retarded to think that so-and-so was this kind of person. And he stopped himself from saying retarded because he knew that would get him burned alive. And he's on live, he's on live radio. So he's just kind of in the moment. He just said, you'd have to have Down syndrome to think that so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And Norm MacDonald, by the way, is fucking hilarious. He's one of the funniest <laughs> I agree. Com- comedians there is. But he just – and he's kind of a weird, awkward guy. But he had so many people come after him to the point that he, like, had to go do the daytime TV circuit and fucking clear his name. And he's just sitting there like, ah, I don't know. I was just trying to make a joke on the air, and, ah, <laughs> you know, and just, like, having to go with his tail tucked between his legs. And But that's what we were talking about apologize. earlier, like with T.J. Miller or anybody, that if you, if you want a pulpit after you've said something goofy, you deserve it. It's cool that he got that. And... That he did that, too. Like, that's huge. Like, from now on, hopefully, people fucking stop saying stuff about... But but do you think that... Do you think a comedian like Norm MacDonald deserves to be pilloried in the same way that someone like T.J. Miller... I don't think he was. I mean... And and, and not to the same degree, for sure. I mean, I think that some people went after him. I I remember something about it, but I I didn't probably think much of it. But I do fucking hate people just throwing that word around, William Nilliam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... It's annoying. Pick, pick like, like if he said, like, what's weird is, like, Down syndrome people specifically, you know, that doesn't fit what 
what he was describing them to do. Like, what was the person doing? He was. I I, I, I don't remember. Basically, he was he was saying the equivalent of you would have to you'd have to be a moron to think that, yeah. or you'd have to be an idiot to think, or you'd have to be that da 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 da. And, and just it was just an off the cuff remark is the point. Yeah, like autistic fits the bill better. Just just know your because know everybody's your, autistic know your disabilities. To a degree, yeah, right. Just know your disabilities and make jokes accordingly. I think that he you know it's cool that he apologized and hopefully. Fucking thirty thousand people watching the View that day were like, "Yeah, maybe I should stop saying that word." But I've also do like, you think that do you think that fear of recrimination and internet pylons though keeps like restricts the art form? Do you think it restricts the medium at all of comedy? I don't know. I think you find ways around it. Like if somebody told you not to wiggle your fingers so hard. Would that stop you, or would you be like, no, I'll just find a way to wiggle him so fast you can't tell him moving him? What if some, but what if somebody went to Tony and said that you shouldn't play the booze, the blues because it's race appropriation? Like, what if somebody, what if somebody c- comes into an argument and, and and tries to keep somebody from doing something that is in the canon of of language, or is testing the boundaries to some way, or is calling attention to? Uh, a a real life experience in society and then because of the subject matter it's about people fire up the outrage machine to get one up on the board for their team or start a pylon on someone because it's the recreational thing for them to do rather than having like a rational discourse about you know hey I didn't like what you said about that it becomes this thing where a bunch of people are like starting boycott groups and starting pylons and trying to get people deplatformed for saying things that might not necessarily be the most sensitive thing in the world. Do you think that 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 is harmful to the medium? Do you think it's harmful to the art form at all? No, but you do. (laughs) You have very strong opinions about this. I do. I do have strong opinions. It's always funny until someone gets hurt. It's always funny until someone gets upset. And then it's like, ah! Art forms probably just grow from that. I mean, if... If enough people do it and it just sounds shitty or someone does stuff that's out of line and enough other comics see them do it shitty, then the art form's going to change. Their art form's going to change to know not to do that shit. So, I mean, every mistake some other comic makes is probably going to... It's it's going to happen regardless. Just bad comics will make them. Hopefully not Polly Shore, who we all care about, or David Spade. <laughs> <laughs> but like Louis I, Anderson. Yeah. God if forbid. Louis Anderson ever. God, he's a treasure. He's a real treasure. Y'all remember <laughs> he had his own SpaghettiOs? That was tight. <laughs> Louis Anderson. Um, Louis I think they were called. Not Anderson O's. That's not a good name. <laughs> like so. he, Not like he owned his own can no, of like a, yeah, a, his version. Also, <clears throat> we shouldn't get into it. Okay, well, the, the whole thing is, is if, if it's good, it'll manifest itself that it's good. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, too, is is if it's funny, people can get a pass for skirting the line. If it's funny, if it's done in a way that, that like, I don't know, like... Chappelle was making trans jokes a few, a, f- a couple years ago that he got thrown under the bus for, and he didn't get thrown under the bus for making the joke. It's just that the joke he made was, like, old schoolyard jokes about, like... Yeah, having I don't know more partner options. I don't remember. It wasn't a great joke. It's on a Netflix special, but everyone that watched no, I know that, what you're talking that, about. Everyone that watched it that didn't like it was probably just like, well, better not make those jokes on stage. <laughs> and now a handful of I know Denver comics didn't like didn't like hearing that when they were at his show because in Denver as a comic you can like waltz into Comedy Works and watch a set. Like they'll let you go watch Chappelle. They'll let you go watch if. You want David Spade. That's fucking um, right. 
And people were like, well, I don't like that. That was weird of our hero. And, like, every time a hero does something like that, and, like, Norm MacDonald's certainly a bigger hero to me than, like, most comedians right. <laughs> that I can think of that I grew up with. He rules. Like, that's just a bummer that he said it. But, like, I'm, I'm not going to think he's ruined for it. I just think he's going to go apologize. And then that just both maybe sells and he a few tickets. Be, he wouldn't be record. He wouldn't be destroyed for it. It wouldn't yeah. end his life. He'll still have six you know, that, more that, sports that, shows on Netflix before he dies. That's that's <laughs> another thing is is people often there there's the other side of this argument that I think has gone too far which is where people are equating li- ridicule or social correction with being destroyed, like having yeah. your life destroyed. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's just not the case. These guys end up they they get make a bunch of people mad and they get they get yelled at for a little while and then it goes away and someone else gets yelled at. It's just it's part of the yeah. it's part of the landscape of what we live in now. Just don't jerk off in front of people while you're saying <laughs> bad stuff. Just can't don't do both. Yeah, you can't you, you can't, can't say both. bad stuff and jerk off in front of people. Pick one. That's or the, the other. big lesson. <laughs> well, hey, uh we've we've got to do a photo shoot and then go to band practice, so I got to cut this short. We but, ended on a weird note. Yeah, <laughs> very weird. Note. <laughs> no, I think I no, th- just just what I said there was <laughs> just ending it saying don't both jerk so, off in front of people. <laughs> so basically, the conclusion that we've reached in this episode is don't jerk off in front of people and stay say mean stuff at the same time. Weird combo. Yeah, yeah. weird combo. Corey, thanks so much for coming on the Thank show. Thank y'all. And that was with great. Us, man. It was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, yeah, we're gonna close with a one for the homies shout out, and we're gonna play your band. We're gonna play. We're gonna play some big city drugs. What song should we play? Um, strawberries is fun. Strawberries is fun. All right. We're I gonna, mean, no, strawberries is the song. No, I know. It's a fun song. We're gonna we're gonna stop with. Thanks uh, for clarifying. <laughs> we're gonna give a shout out to uh, Big City Drugs and my man Corey Healy here with uh, Strawberry off. Which album is it off of? Uh, our EP, Human Cargo. Cool. And. Uh, Go see him at the Ruckus Comedy Party if you get the chance. And go see him at Mutiny and just say hi. Please. Uh, Thanks for listening. This has been the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Tony. Got Gordo in the booth. Yep. Skib's in Chicago. Corley, Corley, Corey Healy on the show. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.
You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 